So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critic fan in crime, Akadamadina. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, by the way, before I forget, happy belated birthday. Hope you had a great yeah, one. Yeah, 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 nice birthday. Yeah. Oh, happy belated, Ricardo, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and the unquestionable new himself, Ashton Menzies. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. And this is going to be an emotional episode of BBB Radio Boy because um, there's going to be laughter, there's going to be tears, there's going to be anger, and then there's going to be more laughter, boy, because yeah. <laughs> we, we, have, we have quite a lot to run through here, boy. Um, so, congratulations. Uh, congratulations to Will Smith for winning the Oscar for Ali. I, I know, right? That, that's a joke I make on, on Facebook. Ali Boumaye, yes. <laughs> but yes, folks, we're actually going to end things off with, you know, our annual uh, Oscar recap. Boy. And uh, in particular, we will we will address what happened uh, last night. I was recording here with uh, Will Smith, you know, Academy Award winner for Best Actor against right. um, against Chris Rock. <laughs> right, you know. Yeah, we 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 to talk about that shit. We to talk about that shit, right? Um, but also we will talk about the um, first two episodes of season three of Atlanta. We were waiting literally for years for this, and we finally got right. it last Thursday. Sure. Um, Halo, uh, the series premiere um, dropped um, last week as well, so we'll talk about that. Uh, I will talk about um, Jackass Forever. Um, not a show that I was excited for, but I was hearing a lot of re-reviews over this. So I was like, you know what? What the hell? It's out on digital. Let me check it out, right? So I'll share my thoughts on that. Uh, and but first off, uh, we will do, or I should say, I will do an album review uh, with the assistance of Ashton Menzies of uh, Five Dogs' second and final studio album that will be forever, right? Uh, but before we we get into that, by um, a few a few RIPs, by so uh, last Saturday we lost um, Taylor Hawkins. Um, he right. is. Well, former drummer for you know the Foo Fighters, you know the, the you know the the iconic rock uh, rock group. So you know, R.I.P. to him, man. Um, and you know, like this, like literally a few minutes before we met up here online, by found on the news that uh, Blacks passed away. By right, right, right. Yeah, I heard he was. I heard he had some problems with um with COVID. Yeah, I think yeah. he had COVID. Yes, yes, yes. He did. Yeah, he was, I heard was hosp- that. Yeah. Uh, hospitalized for a while, man. Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, the family just, you know, um, it, um, announced it. You know, they issued a statement. So yeah, he's he he passed away, man. Wow. Um, this 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 is truly a big loss as far as um soca music goes, right? Um, again, this is yet another um artist from Trinidad that I've never met before, man. But right. uh, for me, that just talking quickly for me, um, I just always found his music to be so uplifting and and optimistic, right? Like, yeah. You know, within the the realm of soca, it's 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 hard to kind of. Like, you know, at, at times, sorry to say this, at times it feels like, you know, some music sounds like some songs sound similar to, to others, right? So it, it's kind of easy to get lost in clutter. Well, when, but when it came to Blacks, though, you knew it was him. You knew his voice. You knew his band, your belly. You knew that yeah. intro, right? Uh, but that's like his vocals, his range and whatnot. And especially for a guy of his size and his age, though, was, was really amazing, right? Um, you know, just putting out hits like, you know, spread your hands and let go. Um... Uh, what is by is a ranking thing or what, right? I just, I just quote yeah. in hooks, right? Not not actual um, uh, 
you know, titles, right? Song titles. Um, I feel like Hulk, which was a song that I I actually admire too, right? Um, I didn't think that you know a soca artist would actually touch on a Marvel character. This was around the same time when I remember um, it was it was either um, Infinity War or I think it was Infinity War when Infinity War came out in 2018. That's right. when he dropped that song. So I thought that was like a real big deal, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know he just brought so much. But for me, like what what really stood to me is just the optimism, the positivity he brought to his music, right? Like, it, the, his songs will always lift you up. They will always make you feel bright. They will always make you feel happy. That's why his songs always play, even when it's not carnival, right? And that's why, you know, like, DJs will still run one of his old songs. Like, you know, I still hear and spread your hands and let go. Funny thing is, like, this, this to round up here, um, a few days ago, like a few mornings ago, I actually heard that song on the radio. And for the life of me, I was telling myself, oh, shit, I mean, he did. But it was right. just um, some DJ playing it, right? But that's that's just a surely testament of his music, man. But yeah, I mean, not much more I could say. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Blacks, man. Your your music yeah. will live on, man. And, and, and it, it sucks, too, because we didn't really get a carnival this year, man. But I know he was hospitalized during that time. But imagine if we had just gotten, like, just one more song from this guy this year. Uh, maybe maybe he did put out something, but uh, for the life of me, maybe it just kind of flew past my radar, man. But yeah, we could have gotten one more classical to this guy, man. But again, rest in peace, man. Um, Ashton, you have anything to, to, to say on him? Nah, yo, you know what? Blacks was uh, my kind of people in terms of he was a Juve man and I was a Juve guy. And uh, he made music for us, you know what I mean? For plenty of Juve people enjoy... Um, Lax's music and he will be missed. I, I we truly feel that he will be missed by the community at large. Indeed, indeed, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the soca community, I would say, I would say just just the just the creative community, the the art community in, in Trinidad and Tobago, gonna feel this one, boy. Um, Ricardo, well, sorry to put you on spot, man, but um, anything you wanna weigh in on this uh, on this um this unfortunate loss here? Yeah, yeah, and I was following the news about it. I was like, I'd, I'd keep popping up in, um, what I call it, in Loop TT stuff now. I didn't think, I mean, I'm not familiar, too familiar with this material, to be honest. But yeah, I just couldn't, um, yeah, it was, it was, well, expected somewhat, but not at the same time. It was, I don't know it would have been so soon. I thought you had time where you could have recovered from this one, but yeah, man, great loss, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. In, indeed, man, rest in peace, rest in peace, right? So, um, keep keeping the, the rest in peace up a little bit, man. Uh, now we're finally going to talk about uh, Forever. This is the second and final studio album from um, you know a well you know one of the one of the iconic members of the equally iconic um, a tribe called Quest group. That would be Five Dog, right? So um, just just a little intro. Just want to do and you know y'all can just kind of chime in on you know just your thoughts on um, on on just Five Dog and you know a tribe called Quest as a group, right? So for me, um, I would just say this right off the bat, um, A Tribe Called Quest remains my all-time favorite group, regardless of genre, right? Um, I, I know it's a kind of a cheesy thing to say, but yeah, the, the, um, their music pretty much um, shaped me in terms of the way how I, I viewed music, right? Uh, particularly jazz music, right? Um, I would, for, for me, it's always like, um, you know, A Tribe Called Quest was just like the, the chill, groovy kind of side of me. While I try, um, sorry, while um, Wu Tang Clan, right, which I I have up there alongside um, a tribe called Quest, is the aggressive. I'm a kick your ass. Um, I love kung fu flicks side of me, right? So you know, it's just that duality that I love, boy. Um, and it's even interesting too because you know, um, Wu Tang actually put out their debut debut album on the same day that uh, a tribe put um, that tribe, sorry, put out. Uh, Midnight Marauders, their third studio album, which remains my all-time favorite album, right? 
um, it's it's really interesting too that you know Ashton is here on board, right? Because um, if you remember, uh, uh, you know, a few years ago, um, how we actually met for the first time was through a little film screening that I had of you know just to commemorate the anniversaries of both um, albums. Uh, yeah, and, and in that process, I I ran you know the Beats Rhymes and Life um, documentary that um, that was made back in twenty that was really sorry in twenty eleven, right? Which was about the group itself, right? But yeah. Um, Love the group, love their albums, um, but you know, for me, it was just so unfortunate. I, I just felt it though, you know, when when well, I, I should say, um, I was excited actually to uh, when, when I heard that you know, um, the, the 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 band was reunited one more time. That would be for their final album. That is, we got it from here. Thank you for your service, right back in twenty sixteen. So yeah, I I was excited as hell for it. I couldn't wait to hear the album. Um, you know, you're seeing both Q-Tip and um and and Fife and and Shahid Ali Shahid Mohammed as well to you know on stage doing their thing. I think they were on the um Jimmy Kimmel show. I think it was or what one of those sh- talk shows basically. But you know, I, it had me excited, right? And then to hear now on March 22nd of that same year that Fife died, right? So you know, we always knew back then that he had issues with diabetes, right? Um. But just hearing that he passed away right before their final album came out, right? That 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 really hurt me, boy. So um, that's just around six o'clock. I don't want to talk too long on this, right? So um, basically, on the night of the of of his uh, funeral, right? I, I remember just watching this this random live stream. I was just able to find it online, right? And I watched everything, right? So at the very end of it, they actually released a single and a music video called Nutshell, right? This was a solo track from Five Dog, and we learned later on that this was going to be part of an album that he was working on, which is called you know Fever, right? Um, but you know, we we had to wait literally like what um, six years basically for this album to drop, right? And well, it it finally came out, right? But it came out literally a day before the anniversary of his passing, man. And uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much the the the, the intro, you know what I mean? So, um, but before we get to you know um, basically what was just be like a quick track by track review of the album. Um, Ashen. Well, I, I mean, I know you are you're a big Wu Tang head as well too, but you know, I also know that you're a huge fan of a tribe called Quest. So at least I assume so. So, um, yeah, what what did their music uh, mean to you? What did um, you know, Fife's passing mean to you as well? Well, to start off with, right? Uh, I don't know how many people are aware, but Fife is a Trinidadian. You know what I mean? So I always hold Fife in a real high regard as being um, a hero. You know, he went out there, he did it. And, yeah, um, he always represents his Trinidadian heritage in music, whether he drops a word here and there, whether he refers to Trinidad, whether he refers to artists from Trinidad, things that he's done. And um, yeah, man, I've always loved tribe, tribers. Men that know me know I love Bhutan. Everybody know that. Of course, of course. But also, I equally love tribe as much as Wu-Tang. So much so that when I think about my gents, myself getting a tattoo, it's normally the uh, Wu-Tang sign with the tribe called Quest Color Fade. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's always been the ideal situation for me. Um, yo, Fife was a big deal to me. And like I said, a hero to me. And um, I understand from day one, from, from he died, I was sad. But... You know, this album, anyway, we have a review of the album coming up, right? And I have my yeah. own thoughts on posthumous albums, you know? So we'll discuss all of that as well. But yeah, right. R.I.P. Fight, Diggy. Yeah, yeah, R.I.P. to the Five Foot Assassin, boy. 
Uh, Ricardo, well, I know you didn't listen to the album, but um, I, I mean, I, I know you know Tribe. I know you know Fife, right? So, um, yeah, um, how, how how did your music um, impact you? And, you know, in particular, um, did, did Fife's um, passing impact you? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really sad to hear. Yeah, I always knew you were sick. You know, it was all, it's one of those things that, you know, you could, unfortunately, <clears throat> it come into come as they say. Uh, but yeah, again, much much like with, well, you know, the recent blacks, I really didn't know it would have been um, as soon as it was. Um, with, with that, especially right before his album come out. I'm like, oh, damn, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, yeah, him, I think, what song it was that he, he revealed that he was, um, he had diabetes and people didn't, like, Oh, that was, was that was um, oh my god, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. With with the funky diabetic line, right? Yeah. Exactly, and it's like yeah, it's, it's some long time he always had an issue, and then yeah, his health was up and down. Um, in terms of like it, it's a hot minute until I, I knew until he was Trinidadian. Like it's like oh yeah, right, he's a Trini, right? That's a, a little piece of information. But yeah, because I was I was more of a um a Q-tip fan to be honest. Out of the tree, though. Me too, uh, me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So it was it's fine. And I was, oh yeah, right, five dogs was Trini. That's, that's a nice piece of a little piece of thing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really sad and unfortunate how, how things, you know, play out with him and how he never really had a chance to, you know, but, you know, just get a final hurrah, you know, especially with the album coming out and whatnot. I mean, yeah, so that's how I feel about that. All right. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so basically what I'm going to do from this point on is just do like a, a quick um, track-by-track review of this, right? So, yeah, uh, the album is called Forever. This is the second and final album from him. Um, his previous album was called Ventilation, the um, the LP, which came out in 2000, right? And just quickly on that, um, this was right after the group disbanded in 98, after the release of um, what we all thought was their final album, um, The Love Movement, right? Uh, and just reason being is because there was just... It was just basically infighting between um, between between Fife and, and Q-Tip, right? Uh, basically, Fife thought that, you know, they were done with After Marauders, but they just kept going on. And yeah, you know, it's just that, you know, just different, just conflicting views and whatnot. So they just decided to call it quits, right? But with this album, with that um, last album here, it, it was just basically like him wanted to, to to be independent, just wanted to be as, as far away from the group as possible, right? He would even take, like, um, a couple of subliminal shots at um, Q-Tip as well, too, right? But they've long since, you know, uh, made up and whatnot, right? Even though they've had some 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 static over the, you know, over the 2000s, basically, when they went on tour, right? Well, the, the, the movie, you know, the documentary goes way deeper into that, right? But that's giving you all the cliff notes, right? And, well, yeah, you know what I mean? They, they kind of had to make back up again for the final album, right? We got it from here, right? So, yeah, basically, well, with Fever, right? After we get the intro, we get uh, this first track, which is called Only a Coward. Um, Night Wonder comes through with this. And, by the way, in, in terms of, of guests, in terms of, like, performers, uh, whether it's uh, producers, DJs, and um, artists, I, I thought that, you know, the, the, the people that they picked for this, you know, well, well chosen, man. Because uh, you would you, you could tell just for, even from production or from guest rappers or whatnot, they're either people who were, who were, who, 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 who knew Fife when he was alive, like who actually like collaborated with him before or were influenced by, you know, a Tribe Called Quest's style and sound, right? And when it comes to Ninth Wonder, um, if you know the, the group that he was a part of, that is um, Little Brother, yeah, they, they, they were, they were, you, you could see they are the children. Um, you, you yeah, you could see they are the children of um of a tribe called Quest in terms of their jazz rap style and sound and all that, right? But yeah, then Wonder comes through with with a really like chill beat here, 
and you know it just kind of puts you in the zone man and yeah for me it's one of my favorite beats here right but uh what i what i what i love about the album here too it's it's what you call grown man rap music right so it's a man basically in his 40s kind of just telling people within his same age bracket now who you know was wilding and all that kind of stuff back in the days yeah, kind of get your shit together and be more responsible, right? So that's like a major theme on this, right? So here he he's he's talking about well, he's basically talking to to three parents. Well, actually, I would say a father, a mother, and a mother to be in a verse each, more or less criticizing them for their irresponsibility in their lives and the lives of their kids, right? Um, or in case any mother to be, you know, her kids to be, right? So they all get themselves involved in dumb shit, and he's like, you know, like he's just accusing each of them of being a coward, right? That they're not, in the sense that they're not handling their responsibilities, and they're not thinking about their kids' futures, right? Um, their kids' futures, right? So solid track, I, I really, really love it, though. And I would say, you know, as far as like a, a um, like a lyrical perspective, boy, um, five five really came true uh, with this, but like, the, like because he is like the the main rapper in this at all, um, in the first place, right? Yeah, he 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 came through with some some solid bars short though. Like, you know, it was like to say that Q tip is a better rapper compared to um to the five, right? But yeah, Five always used to kind of push, kind of you know, push himself forward and really show his his craft as well too. And here you really really get to hear that, right? Uh, Ashton, if you want to, you could come in and see where you, where you take about certain tracks, right? So, if you have anything to say, let me know. Yeah, yo, you kind of took the words out of my mouth by saying what you said about forever, forever is grown people, um, grown, grown man rap, you know? Yeah, grown man rap, yeah. matter everything, you know? Um, at first I wasn't digging it, but then I was like, yo, this is different. This is the growth of, of Diggy. This is where he would have been with if he was alive, you know? That's right, and, yeah. Um, th- I kind of got into it after that, right? But... It's uh, all right. So like when Tribe dropped the album, right? Uh, we mm. got from here, right? Even when they dropped tracks that uh, Fife was on, I find like everything sounded incomplete. I feel like they only got so much of the recording and not much more, and it didn't hit all the way. Okay. It just hit, you know, it just hit kind of. Right. And that's how I feel about this album. Like to me, it just kind of hit kind of, and Forever was like that. You know, it didn't. It, it's it's a little hang up I have probably it's not so much the, the actual work or anything it's probably just how I think about posthumous um, albums in general. But, yeah. Right, right. Um, I, I I understand, right? And it's only after the fact that I realized that um that you know like the ideas and some of the rhymes were more or less kind of cobbled together from years of work because yeah um fife was working on this i think it was for like about a decade before before um tribe even decided to do this final album right so it it it, it may feel like you know at times when you're listening like okay like it, it feels like bits and pieces kind of put together but i think for the most part you know it, it does a great job and you know that's the that's the, the thing with posthumous albums to begin with right you know it, it's kind of taking the material that that exists that they have that isn't released and trying to make something work out of it right ever so often you get a a, a classic like say mac miller circles but ever right. so often you'll get trash like you know that juice will what it is well um not, not legends never die the, the one that came out last year i can't remember what it was but i didn't bother to listen to it right where it's like all these b-sides and true um throwaway tracks that they they, they slap on a beat for you know right. um you know that that kind of thing not really a fan of that right but yeah moving on with the with the album right so up next we have fallback which features mcgill rhapsody and rennie newville if i got the name wrong forgive me 
that continues the whole responsible parenting. But here he's rapping from his perspective. So he's talking about how far he'll go for his, um, to you know protect his family, make sure that they're safe, make sure that they're happy. Um, how much he loves his wife, and yeah, he he will. If if anybody gets in the way between him and his wife, him and his family, yeah, shit will get um go down right. Um, crisis, you know, um, great great producer, dope producer. He comes through with it with a really like nicely backbeat, very warm. It feels like you know the type of music you listen to when you're driving on a Sunday afternoon with your family, right? Um, and also you know, McGill Rhapsody come true. She kill it as well too. She raps from the perspective of well, technically, Fai's wife. You know, talk about you know. Yeah, he likes this, but I like that. You know what I mean? I'm willing to 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 you know write for my day ones and all that kind of stuff, right? So you love that track. But the particular why I want to zero in this is that the there's a skit that follows afterwards. And you know, if you're if you're a Trinidadian alone, right, you will love this skit trip. So it's basically this this talk show, but it's basically a hip-hop show hosted by a Trini, right? So you're hearing right. this man saying, yo, this is like TNT hour, and you know, he he talking in like Trini slang now. And even Five responds like, yeah, what's going on, boy? You know what I mean? And it's just hearing Five say that now. It's just like, well, what? You know what I mean? Trinidad represent, represent. I love that. Love that, right? And that segues into Nutshell Part 2, which features um, Buster Rhymes and Redman, right? Now, for me, I, I, I love the original one, right? Um, by the way, um, G Diller, rest in peace to G, um, he, he did the beat for that, right? But I always felt like we could have gotten, you know, both versions on the album, right? But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, well, in terms of like a sequencing uh, perspective, you might as well have the sequel, right? Because you're, you're going to have two versions of the same song on the album because the same beat, right? So you might as well just pick the sequel and done, right? But other than that, though, um, yeah, this beat still knocks through. Um, they basically use it, um, use Fife's um, final verse on the original version. And then, well, you know, Buster Rhymes comes through. He does a verse. I mean, if if you know he and you know um, Fife and Q-Tip are, are best buddies from from long since. Um, yeah. you know, oh my god! Are, yeah, oh my god! And scenario, right? Um, and then Redman. Leaders in the new school. Yeah, that was gonna bring um, leaders in the new school back in '91, right? Yeah. Um, and Redman. I mean, they they were they were fans for a long while too. He actually was on the um, Love Movement album back in '98, right? Yeah. And you know, if if you know Redman, you know he always comes loud. He always comes like really rowdy and all that kind of stuff. But it works, right? Love Redman on this track, right? And yeah, this 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 um this this um this song still still works for me, right? I could I could kind of make the argument that it is better than the original one because you know of of Buster and Redman's output, right? Uh, <clears throat> up next, up next, sorry, we have Sorry, which features uh, V Rich. He's a singer. Um, right off the gate, I knew I was gonna love this song. The moment I heard like the hook from Donnell Jones, um, "Where I Wanna Be," right? If you if you're a child of the late '90s, you know how big of a deal that song was. One of the best Quiet Storm songs ever, in my opinion, right? Um, Nuts comes through. He's a you know to um, in terms of production, he comes through with this um, new soul you know beat, which which it has this like really rich new soul vibe about it. And V Rich comes through with some graceful vocals throughout it, right? And uh, well, here Fife is rapping about well you know cheating on his wife, well not in real life of course, uh, but basically coming to terms with that with his mistakes and trying to contact his wife. To apologize to her, but you know, she just keeps like she just never answers the phone, right? And the song brilliantly used this we're sorry, you know, I mean part of this um, you know, this voice message um thing. He they kind of work that in into the to production as well. So yeah, love this track. This is one of my favorites of this um album, right? Up next we have Dear Dilla reprise. This is this features Boy Q tip, right? 
Now, the thing is with this track, right? So back in 2014, um, this was one of the, the, the first, well, I, I should say before the Tribe um, final album, right? Um, the, uh, I should say Fife actually put this track out by himself called Dear Dilla, right? Which was a tribute to G Dilla, right? Um, but if you look at the video, the, the video is actually excellent in my opinion, right? He kind of compares his bout with diabetes um, to what um, to what uh, Dilla was going through. Okay? He had this rare blood disease and it right. eventually killed him, right? Um, what what it, 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 the comp- the comparison and contrast that he's doing that in that um, in that music video is excellent in my opinion, right? So basically, it's the same um, the same verses from that from that original version. But they changed the beat up, and the beat for this just sounds so heavenly and gorgeous, and just so emotional, boy. And uh, <laughs> Q-Tip actually comes through with a hook, and it's funny too because in the intro, you, you hear like a like like a um, a phone conversation that he has now, where he's saying, "What chorus you want me to do?" And I thought that was like a really smart call, having Q-Tip just do hook duties instead of him doing a verse, right? So again, this it this is the Five Dog Show, it's not the Q-Tip Show, right? And you know, yeah, you, you kind of have to respect that from an artistic perspective because you know, Tip could have easily come through the verse, but it's like, no, I'm just gonna do a hook, right? And you, the hook is is really, really nice though, very, very heartfelt. Okay, you know, yeah, they 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 were they were they were fans of of um, G Dilla, they were friends of with G Dilla, and of course, you know, they make mention of the group um, Slum Village, of whom you know Dilla was a part of, right? So, yeah, love this track, right? Up next, we have Wow Factor. Which features uh, Misio of uh, De La Soul, right? Crisis's beat on this track in particular, boy, slaps too. I love the sulfur chops here. I love the horns. I love the boom bap drums. I just love this beat, right? And Five basically does something that you don't see many rappers do these days, right? Basically talk about the things that just spark a positive feeling out of him, right? So that's the things that make him say, wow, right? So whether it's an artist's song or album, right? So he talks about Trill and Purple Rain, um, an actor or actress that he admires. Um, actress, he actually calls out Sophia Vergara, someone... Fugar, sorry, as someone that you know he just he just can't help but admire, right? Um, I, in, uh, ultimately, though, I do wish that we got a, a verse from Misio because he just there being you know the hype man here. But you know he was always like the fun loving member of um, of De La Soul anyway, right? So you know he does he does what he's supposed to, right? But yeah, dope track, but the beat is what makes it work, right? Up next we have uh, Residual Curiosities. This features um, Lyric Jones. Uh, she's a Boston rapper slash singer. I still have to listen to her closer than the appear album, right? But you know, just time, right? Um, but basically, here she handles hook duties here. And just to touch on what um, Ashton said earlier, um, this is, is actually an old track. I believe it's from 2011 or something like that that they actually like reworked and you know put into this um, project here, right? Um, but yeah, basically what he does here, and also there's this really like groovy neo soul beat here. So he's talking about just this chance encounter he has with this young woman and her friends during a tour that you know a tribe ha- was was part of years ago, right? And they remained friends over the years, but then one day he runs into you know a friend of hers, right? Who tells her basically that she passed away. I wouldn't say how, right? It reminds me a lot like what um, Andrew G. Thousand did on the track um, The Art of Storytelling where he's right. talking about this girl that he was he was in love with and he's like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, come through my show and all that kind of stuff. But then he learned that, you know, she was with this guy who was beating up on her and then eventually she was found dead, right? So it's, it's kind of like that, right? What the song really addresses is just, well, you know, how people come and go in your life, right? And just the, what is the reasoning behind this, right? How, how you know, just just 
just interactions, just basic interactions, right? But, you know, there's also people who just kind of show up at the right time, though, and, you, you know, you just can't help but wonder why, right? And it's even worse now, like, when they go, you know, you kind of wonder, well, what was, the, what was the point then, right? So, you know, I, I love how he touches on that, right? Up next, we have uh, Godsend. Um, this has this really soulful, really emotional-driven beat. And here, Fife is more or less talking about just the specific memories uh, during the, the 2000s, right? So if you're familiar with the movie, you'll, you'll, you'll pick up on certain things, right? So he talks about his wedding, the honeymoon he had in Tobago, um, how he dealt with G. G. Dillard's death, uh, reunited with Tribe on their tour in the 2000s, you know, having to deal with diabetes, uh, getting support from both friends and enemies, according to him, and finally getting a kidney donation from his wife, right? And they actually had that in the movie as well, right? Um and overall, how his family's love kept him centered through the ups and downs, right? And yeah, I would say this is one of the best songs in the album because of how, you know, just how humble he sounds, how heartfelt he sounds, right? Just him recalling all these moments, him having to roll with the punches, and more or less just accepting these God-given blessings that were bestowed on him, right? So um, yeah, really, really, really love the song, right? Uh, we're almost done, guys. Yes, don't worry, right? So up next, we have Round Irving High School, right? This is a... This is a, a spoken word piece, basically, which is done by his mom, actually, uh, Fife's mom. That would be Cheryl Boyce-Taylor, right? Um, Angela Winbush, right? It's a, it's a name that not that many people will know about, right? But if you're familiar with um, the Biggie song, I Love the Do, right, from um, uh, Life After Death, right? The song that he did with, with Jeezy. Right. Yeah. Right. So the, the one who sings I Love the Do more than you know, right? Which is her more or less redoing a song that she did back in the 80s, right? But yeah, so she comes through and delivers some 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 um, supportive vocals throughout this, right? And uh, she actually said that she from she from Barbados. She a Bajan girl. I'm like, what? Okay, didn't know that, right? So look at that, right? And then, well, you know, Cheryl having Trini Roots as well too, so that's great. But um, I'll, I'll confess something, right? So, so going into this, um, I wasn't sure what to make of it, right? Because, you know, it was just a spoken word piece, but I wasn't sure where it was going, right? But then when, but it's something about that beat boy, and then when you realize who she's talking about, right? Because, yeah, it is a dedication to her son, man. I will lie to you, boy. Man, Tiesner. <laughs> it is actually the one song on this album that I, I have to purposefully skip, um, skip, sorry, because, yeah, if I listen to it again, boy, I would just be, a, I'll just be a wrecker. Like, it's just such a great eulogy to, you know, to, to Five Dog, man. And, you know, you just feel it with every second of the song, man. Totally love it. And, and it's even better now, because at the very end, you hear, like, this little audio recording that they did in the past with uh, Five as a, as a little boy and, you know, his mom talking to him, boy. And, like, whew, it's, it's, it's rough, boy. It's rough, it's rough, right? Now we have uh, French Kiss Tro um, Troy, right? Uh, Troy, uh, sorry, um, no, it's Choice, yeah, Felt Fre French Kiss Choice, right? If I butchered the name wrong, forgive me, right? Um, this features Redman and Illa G, right? So for right, those who don't know, this, yeah? yeah, yeah, they released this as a single and the video and whatnot, right? So for those who don't know, um, Illa G is the younger brother of G Dilla, right? Um, I would recommend checking out his debut album, Yancey Boys. If you're a Dilla fan, you will love this because it has like some of his best post Slum Village instrumentation on it, right? But yeah, basically what this is, just feel-good, grown and sexy music, right? Which is dedicated to the woman in Illa's, Fife's and Redman's life, right? Uh, the beat is done by this Canadian um, 
production duo called Potato Head People. So yeah, which, which is a weird name, but I like I thought the beat that they do for this boy is so smooth, it's so chill out, but it has this upbeatness about it. And it has a kind of speciness as well, too, right? I could tell everybody having fun on this track, uh, especially Redman boy who steals the show the only way he knows how because you know he just comes through with a lot of humor, a lot of bombast in his lyrics, right? Uh, leave it to a man like Redman to say type of guild that will fart in the tub with children. And still make it sound heartfelt and genuine, right? But yeah, dope track, love it. The video's great as well. And just two, two little, um, just, just a, a little side note as well too, right? Um, the girl who does the video, sorry, who does the portrait of Fife in the video, right? Who Illa J is hitting on. Um, that is actually Illa's wife, right? And uh, she has a stuff up she ha- on on her website. Um, she she actually is an artist. If if you want to go on IG and see what she's up to, you know you could see her stuff there as well, right? Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean she 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 had talent. I will give it that. She she could draw, boy. So just the way that she do that that a portrait of 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 um a five, that was great. That was great, right? Uh, up next we have to live forever, right? This features um Poss as in Poss the news from De La Soul. Still one of the most underrated MCs ever, in my opinion. Um, it has a little brother that would be um, that would be rapper Big Pooh and Fonte, right? So if you remember, it was the two of them and Night One. They were the group, but Night left, so it's now the two of them, right? Whatever. And we have Darian Brockington who does the hook for this, right? Um, this is another tribute to to, to Fife. So it's just basically all three rappers just just you know um, Shane Shane more or less. Uh, celebrating, you know, their respective le- legacies, but also the legacy of Fife as well too. Um, the beat for this is just so jazzy and laid back though, but it just adds this emotional gravitas to the song thread. So it's just a great song, right? And on the outro, we actually hear Fife talking about, um, well, him him basically talking about the care and effort that rappers should put into their music, right? Because yeah, it's really for the younger generation. They're gonna listen to it as well, right? So it can't just be about guns and drugs and partying and getting high and whatnot, but it has to be stuff that's gonna motivate them, that's gonna, you know, gonna pick them up and keep um ensure that they keep moving forward, right? So just just some great words of wisdom, man, right? So again, going back to the whole grown man stuff, right? And then last but not least, we have Forever, right? So y'all have to give me a few minutes with this because this is the final track, right? So this actually builds from the production of the intro track, right? So you hear this nice piano-driven beat here, but you actually hear it in full detail here, right? Um, And I would say, hands down, this is one of the best send-off tracks to a deceased artist, or I should say to a retiring artist or whatever, that I've ever heard by. Um, The beat is done by DJ Rasteroot, right? He is actually... uh, co-founder of this label called Smoking Needles. Um, so it's him and um, Fife who more or less create the, the label, right? But yeah, his beat has this triumphant vibe to it. It's very anthemic as well. And it has this really clever sampling of both Andrew 2000 and ODB, right? I'm not going to tell you what the samples are, but if you look at the title, you, you, you can kind of figure it out, right? Because it's right there, right? Um, what I love about this beat here is that it basically makes the listener treat Fife's death as something that we shouldn't really mourn over for the rest of our lives. This is more or less, you know, a moment to celebrate his life, right? And what Fife does here is just basically reminiscing on his experiences with Tribe, right? From the, from their, their, well, it starts off with him with his passion of hip-hop to when they put out the first album, you know, and 
admittedly he said that he will he will appear on four tracks which is true he didn't really do much lyrically then but when it came to low end theory it was like yo i i need to step my game up and that's exactly what he did because yeah one of the big highlights of of that album was fight dog and how he just stepped every this how he stepped his game up especially to the lyrics right it, it was of like um his lyrics right um and then of course he mentions midnight marauders and how big of a deal that was right and Overall, though, you know what I mean? It was for, for him, through it all, it was just all about bringing that realness back into hip hop, right? He was never about that whack shit. If you remember from the remixes scenario, there's a famous line where he says, Vanilla Ice Platinum, that shit's ridiculous, right? So, yeah, he was always about just removing the whackness entirely from rap, making it pure, making it real, right? Something you could feel, right? But is the fourth verse on this track here that that truly closes the album off on a high note, right? So the beat cuts off, and you know, because five is like, yeah, let's just just cut this shit off, right? And then he just delivers this verse by where he acknowledges the the the, the negative reception that um, Beat Rhymes and Life and the Love Movement received when it came out, right? Compared to the previous three albums, right? Um, as a fan, and I would say any Tribe Called Quest fan would still acknowledge those two albums, but they will always have them at the at, at the lowest, right? Um, you know, we, we always have it as just, you know, not the worst thing they ever do, but just far from great, right? But yeah, him acknowledging the fact that he weren't good and him more or less attributed attributed to, you know, just the just the infighting, you know, between him and, and, and Tip and, you know, just coming to terms with that, right? Um, But, you know, he thanks the fans for keeping the music alive, you know, between the love movement and we got it from here. And in this like really cathartic moment though he just expresses his love for his tribe members right especially q-tip right and you know it just feels thematically like these are the last words that we hear before he transitions right and then the beat comes in you hear like the final piano melodies just kind of symbolizing that moment so for me i just kind of read this like you know his soul is finally at peace here and he can rest comfortably now and just how just that moment and how the album just ends up boy it's it's hard to just leave that song unmoved boy and like like for me like this is if this is like the truth if this is truly the last that we ever hear five boy then yeah he certainly went out on a high note boy this is like the perfect song to 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 pay you know to to you know to to, to send them off to you know what i mean it's just a perfect nice. song man can't praise this not this song enough i love it 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 if you're a diehard tripod quest fan you'll love this track right so i talked long enough about this album uh for me i was giving it some thought right i was wondering if i should give it a four and a half because i only give it like about a few listens by but um i'll just say right off the right off the bat this is a strong contender for album of the year for me I, I i absolutely love this album i'm gonna give this a five out of five though loved it right um and i i guess for me my my bias is just because i'm a i'm a fan i'm a fan i just i just love you know, a tribe called Quest. That that group meant so much to me, right? But just knowing that, you know, they were able to put together this album despite, you know, all the circumstances regarding his death, um, is just is just amazing to me, man. I, I would love to 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 find out just the behind the scenes of how they were able to pull this off though. But production work was solid from top to bottom. Who they got to work on production was great, right? Even getting guys from, you know, um like 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 um Little Brother and Night Wonder, who you would see uh you know, uh, who who you would say are inspired by a tribe called Quest was perfect. Having you know veterans like Redman and um, and and Buster come true, who are friends with Fife and Q-Tip and them, 
you know that, that was great as well uh, as well right but just knowing that this is just as great and as perfect as a tribute to such a great artist boy yeah i i, I don't know I, I just can't talk enough about this man so totally love this album if you're a fan of tribe you need to listen to this um and of course this in closing this is hands down the best um five dog album um i would say ever right because yeah ventilation the lp uh, not so much but here boy this is a this is a huge 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 step up man so i talk about this long enough um forever is a masterpiece in my opinion five dog forever a tricor quest forever man uh ashen this want to say anything about the the album and any ratings before we move on all right so that tribal well sorry that five dog album i enjoyed it mainly because as i said he's a hero to me and I feel if he was around, that the album could have been even better. Because, of course, opinion, of course, that's, yeah, that's, opinion, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, without him to kind of really direct the vision, I feel like the album suffered a little bit. But for nostalgic reasons and being a big um, tribe head, you know, I would I would love it. You know. Um, it was all right. The album was all right to me. In fact, okay, I, only okay. got, I, only, I only got halfway through before I said, you know what, I'm just going to stop this for a little bit and pick this up later because I had some errands to do. And um, I was kind of just thinking about the album and nothing really stood out up until that point. But now that I've heard what you were saying about the album, I realized that maybe the good stuff was a little bit further down because like I say, I, I like that adult vibe that he was going for too, and like I've changed kind of vibe, but it's not really what I like to hear per se, you know? Yeah, it's not so, something that just seek out, you know. I, yeah. I understand that. That's just like me too, you know? Like if, if, it, if it's going to be conscious hip hop, it can be conscious hip hop, but it's not like um, parents and hip hop, you know what I mean? Like that's what I felt. felt like, I felt like he was trying, like, trying to parent you a little bit as well. That's not really my, my kind of vibe. But all in all, from what I listened to, I would just rate the album three so far pending. You know what I mean? It could get better. It could stay right there in my eyes. Mm. Right? But sure, so far, sure. it's a three for me. Three three mics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, three mics, yeah. Yeah, um, but 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 I, but I but I do recommend that that you you, you give it um, a full listen. A listen through, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm already like on the fifth track, so I'll just keep going down from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, tr- tr- trust me. Like I say, you will be moved by it. Um, especially like the more you, you you dive in deep, like when you really like grasp what's going on, though, and just think about it from the from the sense that you know this more or less is the last time we're gonna hear this guy. Yeah. So yeah, you know. But yeah, but but for me, guys, just to reiterate, um, you know, Five Dogs Forever, Five Dogs Forever, sorry, is a real deal. Um, by all means, definitely check this out, and y'all could expect this. You know, like I, I'm still hoping that we get more classics in this year. Like, you know, Pusha still had to put some note. You know, Kendrick still had to put some note. I don't know what will happen over the next um, set of months, right? But um, right right now, this album is up there, man, and I I, I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad at that. All right, so moving on now, let's just stick with forever, just just one last time, right? Uh, I will review Jackass Forever, boy. Um, this was a show that, uh, like, like once they announced it, I I would I would admit that I wasn't really all that excited to see it, right? So, um, right. 
but I was hearing like a lot of reviews about this. So I was like, oh shit, I need to see it, right? And I already knew that, you know, stuff like this would never even come out in our theaters anyway in Trinidad because none of the yeah, movies ever came out in Trinidad anyway, you know? Yeah, we still have, we still have that, that strong censorship thing going on, right? It's kind of shocking. I show it how people younger than me on that, that thing still censoring things in 2022. Oh, well. you, you know? Yeah. So my, my history with Jackass, right? Y'all you could chime in as well too. My history with Jackass, right? But I'll 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 talk about that whole conservatorship, um conservatorship as well too, because eh? that, that kind of impacted the way how I saw this 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 show, right? So when it came out like back in like what the, the early two thousands, right? You know, during Yeah, the, late late nineties. Late late nineties, early two thousands, right? Yeah. Um this was already time that I that I first got cable, right? So for me, I always remember this show airing. Um, I think it was Sundays at eight. I think eight, eight or half, um, half eight. I remember is that um, I think they, it was either um, Celebrity Deathmatch that they used to have before that or maybe after that. But I know that there used to be this this WWE show that they used to have like for about a an hour, half hour. Yeah, that was, that was the Sunday night show. On, yeah, that was the Sunday night show on MTV. Yeah, that was the show. Yeah, um, Sunday yeah. night heat. I think it was something, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, it's a, it a show. Well, USC still had it, but they, they showed it on MTV as well. Right, right, right. Yeah. So for me, no. Um, and then you know, at the time we only had one TV, and it was in the, it was in the freaking living room, right? So knowing that there was a show that was coming up called Jackass, right? I always used to love the ads that used to the promos used to show fit like all new Jackass coming, <laughs> coming. Coming up next on the MTV. I just used to love how they used to see that, right? Yeah, I was like, all right, I I I can't watch that with parents around you. I just used to um, change the station, right? So I just used to see bits and pieces of it, um, you know, ever so often where I used to go on MTV, right? But I never forget when the movie dropped, right? And um, I forgot what station had it. It wasn't MTV. It was another station. I think it was Showtime or something like that had it, right? And I watched uh, pieces of that. I thought that shit was hilarious. Um, the the yellow snow. Um, you know the the the, the um the snow cone, the yellow snow cone, re- um remains one of my favorite scenes from that movie, right? Um, but I never saw two or three D. I I never saw them even when they when they were on cable. I I just didn't bother to because I thought that, um, you know those were just kind of like products of the of its time, right? And just to touch on that quickly, um, what made Jackass work for me, you know, is just that is the era that it came out in, right? Because when you think about it, right, that is like one of the oddest TV shows ever, you know? It's just yeah, these, yeah, yeah. these these guys, right? Well, they were young at the time, right? And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It, it plays out literally like a friggin' um, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner show, right? Where there's no plot line. It's just a bunch of sketches. That's what it yeah, is. It's a yeah. sketch, it's a sketch, it's a, it's a sketch. We're going to yeah, do this, we're going to do this. And that's, and that's every episode, huh? You know? Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much MDV in the late late nineties, um, right? This, this this before the apocalypse era, I call it. It was music videos, and then they started like you know delving into the wilder stuff. So yeah, Tom Green, remember him? Yes, uh, it's the Tom Green show, that the Green yeah. Tom show. Yeah, 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 that bullshit. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that, oh yeah, but, but yeah, I I always I I stand by this. That team song was ass too. But <laughs> yeah, nah. he, he <laughs> was like, like the mere fact somebody like him could be as popular as he was, it was you know symbolic of the scenario now. And yeah, yeah. Jackass was was just uh, it was the first kind of the first time the internet and you know the mainstream started to mesh because that stuff you could have find on on the internet like you know just a few years prior, right? Mm-hmm. So right around this time, Napster now came out. You could find a file and say, "Hey, look at this funny video." And it's yeah. this shitty, you know, real, real low budget JPEG. But you could still make it out with somebody yeah. in the camera. Um, it's something that would would have been too raunchy for America's Funniest Home Videos, but 
just right for the internet, the early internet. So 96, 97, 98, especially 97, 98. And uh, if anybody, if you remember what camp kill yourself is, CKY, that's where Jackass kind of come from, right? It's it's derived heavily from that. I think Barmajero's okay. I think Barmajero's part of it, if I remember correctly. I can't remember the details. Oh, right. Well, for, former member of, of, of the Jackass team, um, right. apparently, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that, that's all it was. Just a bunch of young dudes fucking around, you know, almost killing themselves. Yeah. But it was also the time when, um, like, what if you're doing extreme sports with no skill? <laughs> That's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tony Hawk <laughs> was super popular around that time. It's all of that. All of that, these mm. confluence of cultures coming together and, and you know, just being weird and, and just oh, just pushing the envelope. I say, hey, look at that amazing shit. Uh, then they'll just do some random shit like, you know, just hit the friend the back of the head with a bucket or, you know, just come in the middle of while, it, while they dad taking a shit and mess with them. Like, yeah, it was just that. Yeah, like, that, was, that was in the first and, movie, actually. That was in the yeah, first right, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, it's just that. And it's, it, there's a term for this. It's called, I am 14, this is funny. Right? <laughs> that's what it is. Right? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, because yeah, sorry, yeah, when you're a teenager, this was like the funniest shit ever. Yeah, Even though I didn't used to watch it, yeah, I still thought that shit was hilarious. But yeah, they, they just totally tap into that, 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 you know, you know, that, um, that mindset, right? That adolescent mindset. That whole MTV was just to cater into that nonsense. Uh, you know, the exactly. water boy and all of that bullshit in the late 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like and, Alex Sandler and, um, right. oh gosh, this, this, this other guy who was what was it? Was he friend name? The, the, the guy who just who was Deuce Bigelow. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob Schneider, yeah, Rob Schneider, yeah. They, yeah, they, they were them, they were into this shit, they were into this yeah, shit, all right? Them, all of them turned out to be weirdos, though. Um, except you for Sandler, stay, stay, stay decent for, for all, all the problems you have with him. He stay reasonably decent as a pussy. Rob Schneider, on the other hand, is a total weirdo. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, right. Yeah, so just, that's, that's that. right. It's just, so, so, yeah, just, it's just that. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's that's a wrap up here, right? So actually, um, Bam was actually was was working on this film here, but right. he but he had to, he was he had some substance abuse um substance abuse stuff that he was dealing with, so he eventually okay. got fired, right? So yeah. Um. But lastly, you know, before we just get to your quick thoughts on on just the Jackass franchise, right? Um. The amazing thing about it, though, is just the reception of it, right? Um. You know, having three seasons, uh, well, three movies at that point, and then four, and just having this wide fan base, though, like you know, you had men like Roger Ebert giving the first movie two thumbs up. I think that was like one yeah. reason why I checked out the first piece, Because yeah, at its base, at its core, at, at as basic elementary it's funny it's just funny as hell like just straight up it's right. just funny right but yeah uh ricardo your 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 history with uh with, with jackass like, like right. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk I, about I, that. I uh this is when I, so when i used to go back in the days the very long long time i used to go pilot school back in the very early the, the, the before before times uh that was introduced to stuff like camp kill yourself and it's like oh yeah this shit real funny boy so it's like just any weird bullshit you'll see on 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 the internet that's pretty much it and it's the early 90s, sorry, the late 90s, and it's that whole period of catering to, again, I am 14, this is funny. And it's like, yeah, look how wild this was. Look how, look how insane this was. And then you watch some, something gross out or something, whoever it is. Anything to push the envelope. Anything. That's pretty much what it is. Just edginess. The rise of edginess and edgy humor, edgy culture. This was the beginning yeah. of that. It was because it wasn't, again, the internet didn't take off just yet. You know, stuff like Newgrounds didn't come out yet. You know that kind of stuff, right? It was just it just was there, but not really. And it's how to how to play with it as it as it were. And yeah, it, uh, for the most part, I um, was a big fan of the show. But the thing is, again, I became an adult. I stopped being fourteen, and 
by the time the movie came around, I was not that interested in it. I was like, okay, I cannot tool for this. Sorry. Like, I'm sure it's great. And I eventually got around to seeing it, and I thought it was pretty fun. Like, it just play, you know, really good. Like, for, for all the wildness and the over-the-topness it is, it plays the comedy beats quite well. It just knows how to edit well, really good editing, really, really um, plays that, that conceit of, of just, you know, catching people off guard. Like, that is a big part of the humor. Just... This person can't believe that this this thing happening and how to really like catch somebody off guard. That's like a big part of the humor, you know. All of these little bits and, and tricks and just like wow, you can't believe they actually pull that off. Like right now, the only person who kind of holding that torch right now, and I, I think he was in this film, is uh, Eric Andre. Yes, yeah. yes, I was about yeah. to mention your boy in the show too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's that. It's it's we, we that kind of humor, kind of hard to pull off unless you really come good or or people really not expecting it. Like you know Borat and and all of these other people who just you know that style of humor just kind of run its course because people kind of looking for it, and it's kind of fuck up your, your 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 line. And then if you take too long, it won't be funny anymore. It's one of those weird like balancing balancing acts you have to play. And yeah, the Jackass franchise for what it for what it is, um, you know, really balanced it reasonably well. It's like okay, let's just do this insane thing. Let's throw this midget over a, a shark tank or some bullshit like that. And yeah, they, they make it work for what it is. I did not see the sequels. Like by the time those came out, I was it was too late for me. I really didn't care. Right, I, I was in a in a incredibly probably even worse obnoxious woke phase by now. So that was simply beneath me. I had to think about geopolitics and and you know the legacy of slavery or some nonsense like that. Right? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me at that point. So yeah, uh, didn't watch this movie, but you tell me what it is. All right. Well, well, you know, this before we get to the movie, um, Ashton, you have anything to weigh in on on, on Jackass? Was this was this for you back then? Yeah, man. I, I've always enjoyed Jackass movies. I always find them entertaining. See, the thing about it that I come to realize is that while it looks extremely risky to us, it is less risky to them because A, they're willing to accept the risk involved. B, most of them are stuntmen and do this professionally. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, some of them aren't. Some of them just take the licks, but a good few of them are also stuntmen and are trained for this, you know? And yo, they're always funny, they're always pushing the boundaries. Some of the stuff I don't like to really watch, even though you know it's a little extreme for my liking. Like, um, there was a table tennis part in this movie, yeah, that was like one of those parts that I was just like, yo, bro, this is too far. But, um, <laughs> the movie on the whole was good, yo. I give it, um, I'll give it a watch. I, I, like, I'll watch it twice. I'll watch it with friends. I'll watch it by myself, and I'll watch it with friends, you know? Right, well, well you, you talk about this movie or the, the others? Yeah, Jackass forever. Yo, I love Jackass, you know, in, in general, the TV show, all the other movies, all that stuff. I used to love that stuff. I used to watch all that stuff, that whole um, BAM stuff. I used to watch mm. BAM. I think the only one I, when I started to slow down on it was probably around Wild Boys time. Right. I think oh, yeah, Bam yeah. had his own spin-off, right? If I yeah, had, Bam had, had his own so, yeah. Right, he had his own right, yeah. And like after Ryan Dunn passed, I kinda also eased up right. on it now because then I was like maybe this the lifestyle yo the, I don't know boy, <laughs> but the lifestyle was I showed him for the was mad. You know, I can't even fathom that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know you mean mad. Right. Well, I, I didn't know that you actually saw the movie. So, okay. This movie here. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I'm a, I'm right. a huge Jackass fan. Yeah. 
All right, so I'll just do like a quick review of it. Um, you know, so it'll just be me and you, Ashton, just kind of bounce off, right? So yeah, essentially, there's there's no plot to this movie. It is just this is exactly what it is. It's just like a series of sketches that's played out over the course of like a, a roughly hour and a half, right? Um, they do do something interesting here where they they open with this sort of like a kaiju inspired um, sequence, right? Don't worry, I'm not gonna spoil much, right? And you know they incorporate some of the stunts that they've, that they've done over the years, right? Um, it, it 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 sort of caught me completely off guard, to be honest, right? But I do kind of see it like, you know, if ever we were if ever we were to move past the, the um, you know Jackass and actually like make you know comedic feature films of, with a bigger budget, this would be the kind of shit that we would do, right? But we we'll still kind of put the the, the kind of uh, gross out elements that made Jackass work, right? Um, also quite noticeable is, you know, the, the, the new members basically that, that they brought here, right? So you have this guy called, um, Zach, um, Zach Holmes or Zachas as he calls himself, this really fat mofo, sorry, but he's a fat mofo, <laughs> is it? Um, I, I saw Jasper as in, you know, Jasper Dolphin from, um, well, he was with Odd Future, uh, he was in, you know, the Loiter Squad show with Tyler the Creator and thing. Um, speaking of talent creator, he he had all make appearance as well too. Right, I thought like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, actually, like, yeah. exactly, exactly. Because okay. yeah, he 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 down to just do you know crazy shit when he's ready, right? Just just stuff to make him crack up and stuff, right? And yeah, he gets the chance to play the piano and it involve you know um you know um electric uh electricity. That's all I will say. <laughs> but but it really worked though, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it, right? So it's just basically you know the the, the gang that would be um Johnny Knoxville, um Steve O. I was surprised to see he in this, um you know Weeman, DJ Aaron, the, um Dave England, Dave England, sorry, um Chris Pontius. You know we just just the the, the band back together, right? But the sell with this show here is that well yeah, majority of these guys. To, um, clock in um fifty though. I think during the production, right. this Johnny was was um was closer to his fifty, right? But it, right, and, so I, I know I know Johnny. Did Johnny have? I, I remember hearing that he was either he either had or was going to have a, a concussion during all of this, and still was doing it. Uh well, I, 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 know, I, did I, 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 I know the well. They do show the moment eh, where where he where he gets it right. Okay. But that that was near the end of the film. So so for all we know, that was probably the last stunt that they did. And you know, they just kinda put, you know, <laughs> they just put something else last night, you know, cause it would have been it, it, it probably would have it would have dampened the, the, the um the enjoyment level of the film if that was the last stunt, because eh? then people right. would have walk out like shit, but like that's yeah, I, I it, it kind of make you rethink everything that you saw now, right? But yeah, um, but yeah, that 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 scene, that 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 um stunt basically is uh, a repeat of of our old you know um study they call the magic trick, right? Involving getting hit by this um this bull, uh, which which by the way, where if if you look closely, where you're still seeing shit around the around the bull's asshole, right? It's like jeez, way and this this thing like blow like hits him, man. You literally see him. Get uh, wheeled out and put um, um, carried out in, in um, you know in, in ambulance right afterwards. But it was it was crazy, right, right? Right. But yeah. Uh, but just just to touch on the um, on the stunts themselves, but um, yes, I mean you 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 you, I would say that yeah, uh, this isn't for the feet of heart, but this isn't right. Uh, there's one stunt in particular that um, Steve O does with bees. That's all I would say. That um. 
if, if, if I would say that if you if you if you gross if if you scare easy or if you just do like bees or you're allergic to bees, yeah, that 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 shit will will make you like either either vomit or just kind of turn your back like quickly, dread right? But it's so amazing, like for me, I just couldn't I couldn't move my eyes from the screen, but uh, but that being said though, this shit was hilarious though, like I had an absolute blast watches i never i haven't laughed this hard this year or for anything Jed, right and while I, while all this was going on like i was telling myself you know like in, two, in 2022 right we, do we really need a movie like this way i would say the answer is hell yes way um just <laughs> just the mere fact that guys like these who clock in 50 right who should know better by now right decide you know what let me just do this one last time. I just make just just bring smile to people's faces. But at the same time, we are just torturing ourselves and we are torturing our friends or whatnot. In in a weird, bizarre way, it actually works, man. You know, the the, the, the key thing to you know, just this in general, to jackass in general, right? I, I, I look at it more like wrestling, right? Where it's like, yeah. you know what? You could hit me, you could hurt me, you can make me bleed in her. But whatever you do, don't kill me. Yeah, it's a kill man. That's yeah, exactly it's what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These guys are just putting their friends through the ringer, dread. What is again hitting them in the nuts? What is smearing honey in them? And you know, just slight spoiler. You know, a bear about to attack them, having them on something called the vomitorium, where it's just them spinning around and it's just explosions around them, and they're forced to drink milk. And you know, uh, the, the the first one who vomits loses, and all that kind of stuff. Now, getting bit by snakes, getting bit by spiders, all that kind of stuff too. Right. And, you would think that at this point in time, you know, people would have just walk out and be like, fuck this, I'm done, I don't want anything to do with this. But it's the com- uh, camaraderie between the, the members that, that really shines. But like, you could feel like there is a family dynamic between these members, even in new ones as well too, right? So even when, when they put each other through the ringer, they just laugh it off, they will cuss, of course. But it's not like, boy, fuck you, boy, what you do this for, boy? Why you, you strap, um, you know, why, why you shock my nuts for, blah, 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 right? It's like, nah, they walk out of it like yeah we still friends and we laugh and we crack it up with it though and you as a viewer now crack it up with every single minute as well right now of course you have one or two um stunts that that don't really land as as as, as all that though but a majority of them did but the one that they pull on your boy eric andre though had me in stitches they even bring um you know machine gun kelly you know what i mean i not even okay. know okay. he but what they do he was hilarious right you know what i mean so of course, his stuff with um with 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 Tyler was was hilarious as well too, right? But yeah, um, I I had an absolute blast with this. And and another thing what I love about it too is that it it commits to its absurdity and it commits to its vulgarity, right? Because yeah, they 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 pull no punches, no shame at all. You're seeing dicks, you're seeing balls, you're seeing assholes, you're seeing all that shit. And and you know you know and just just a lot of meal frontal nudity in this. Yeah. Right? You know, they 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 don't get they don't care they don't give a shit they don't, at, the, at the one time you're laughing at him and you say to him it's like wow but like, these yeah. guys have to have to do this shit like yeah. yeah these men just don't give a fuck boy uh, wow right like you gotta really give them credit for that but they really don't care right um okay. but you can tell this is like a kind of a torch passing um you know 
uh, event as well, too. Because, yeah, you have guys like Jasper, who I believe is new to the scene. And, yeah, yeah, he commits to all of it, too. He, there's even a couple of moments where he brings his father and all, too. And his father was, like, some ex-gangbang and all that kind of stuff, too. Real hardcore back in the days, but he chill now. And, like, they even put him through the rigor as well, too. And, you know, it's how he reacts it, though. Just makes for some really hilarious moments, boy. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it, but I just couldn't believe how much fun I was having seeing these grown-ass men torture themselves for our benefit. I, I have to give a round of applause to them, Jed, you know what I mean? So, uh, in closing, I don't think we will get a, a fifth one to this. I think that they should stop at this point, though. Um, in the case of Johnny Knoxville, I don't know what he's going to do at this point. Well, I should say at this point because um, I, I, found, I heard through the grapevine that um, Johnny Knoxville is going to be in this year's WrestleMania, so he he going up oh. against... Um, Against against Sami Zayn of all people, right? Long story, right? But point is, again, you know that whole performative art thing. So you know it makes sense that that guy like he, right, would be in some in an event like that, right? Of course, it's to promote the movie, blah, duh. But yeah, you know, still, right? But yeah, honestly, I don't see them doing this um <laughs> again. But I but I do think that you know if if they decide to maybe they could like maybe a subsequent film they have the new members come true, um like Zach in particular Zachas he's he's a huge fan of the show so he was just stoked to be on board with us right, um yeah just have them come true and you know you just have Johnny and Steve and the others just you know in the back you know what I mean the smallest choreographing uh, choreograph- uh, doing choreography yeah doing choreographing produ- basically everything right. doing production all that good stuff right even directing maybe right, but yeah um. Like, like I say, I, 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 I can't believe this. I had a blast watching this, man. Wow. So at the moment, I'm going to give this a light 4 out of 4 out of 5. Yes, believe it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm giving this a high um, rating, but you know what I mean? I can't go with a 5 for this, man. That, that for some like jackass, but no. Right. These guys still come true. They make me laugh my ass off more more times than expected, boy. And yeah, I have to give Jackie Jacket, boy. They, 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 they did the damn thing, man. They did the damn thing, right? Um, yes, you will be watching them afterwards, like, course, like, all their man up, Jed. All their grody fuck up, Jed. Don't, don't be yeah, doing yeah, shit yeah. like this, right? You give, you give Jackassy Jacket. <laughs> yeah, you give, give Jackassy Jacket, right? Yeah. But again, these 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 motherfuckers getting paid to do this, you know. That's that's the amazing thing, you know. They get paid to do this, you know. While while we concerned for their well being, they whole wrestling it up, you know. What I mean? Maybe they, they they have their um they, they leg in a you know um in a cast or whatever, but yeah. they living it up compared to us, right? So whatever. But yeah, guys, if you're a Jackass fan, you need to see this. If you just want some escape um just some nice escapist entertainment it'll be from all the gloom and doom around here by all means watches but of course you're going in knowing what to expect had our vulgarity throughout though but oh gosh man i know it's in parties but yeah the shit is hilarious nonetheless though so by all means check out jackass forever man nice. uh ashton your your review and, and return yeah man, like honestly these fellas still going hard. I don't know how they do it because I am way younger than them and I feel way older than them. Uh Johnny Knoxville taking chances, staring down a bull madness. Um <laughs> the opening sequence, that was real hilarious. The kaiju thing, you're right, Matthew. I wanted to chime in on that now. That was real good. And um yeah, all in all. I find it was hilarious, you know, and it was a good time. I mean, yeah, it, the humor is tailored to a certain demographic, but that demographic is going to enjoy this movie. And I think if you're soft, you should just stay away from it. This is not for soft people. It's for people that could take jokes, you know? So 
Yeah. Jackass, I give it. You give it 4.5 out of 5 donkeys. I know he's going to say donkeys. <laughs> I know he's going to say donkeys. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. But yeah, 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 folks. This is the real deal. This this might be the last time we, that we see them, Dread. Um, you know, on, on film, not alive. You know, I, I do hope that they live, you know, the rest of their lives, you know, in, in happiness and joy and without any pain. But um, yeah, boy, uh, uh, as far as, you know, just, just bringing smiles or faces, boy, yeah, they did the damn thing, man. So yeah, definitely check out Jackass Forever. All right, so let's talk some TV stuff for a minute. Um, so you start off with uh, Atlanta, um, you know, sure. the, the um, season three. We got the first two episodes um, last Thursday, times recording here. So I'll just talk quickly about um, about just the Atlanta show. And well, Ricardo, if you don't mind, you could just do just a just brief synopsis on just these two episodes, right? Sure. Um, so Ricardo and I, we we actually covered Atlanta from since it came out uh, back in 2016, right? Uh, and you know we we we've we've loved the show. Then uh, when they had season two um, in 2018, we reviewed it. We loved that as well too. And um, you know in preparation for this, uh, I, I wanted to to rewatch um, the first two seasons, but only had time for 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 one. So I picked two, right? And yeah, it was just a blast just revisiting old episodes by like Alligator Man, uh, Barbershop, which is still easily the funniest episode of season two, in my opinion. Um, yes. Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins is a classic. But yeah. Barbershop that, that, was real hard, though. I know, bro. Barbershop was real hard, though. Was he Bibli? Bibi? Was he Bibi? Bibi, boy. And he just yeah. always <laughs> keeps going, boy, going, yeah. going. That ended is so good, eh? Because, like. I know. <laughs> You know, you fuck up there, though. That was so funny and well done. Yes, boy. And and also sh- points for for um for Flying Lotus and Thundercat, boy, for yeah, coming yeah. with some fantastic yeah. music yeah. for that, boy. But yeah, um, Teddy Perkins is classic. the is the is the classic out of all of this, though. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring this up in um in season three as well, right? Well, before right. We get to um to to Yuri right? Yeah, because it 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 does where well not the first time in this season right but this was like the, the real moment where the show just took this detour into like really dark territory right yeah. um especially with the character of teddy perkins and you know just the the implications all that kind of stuff and yeah, played they, they, brilliantly by by um donald glover by the way right what they what, what do it it's so strange is like you, you forget the show like i remember a lot of people making the argument well you know it's it's just the gendered flip version of insecure I like no, oh, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's not, not that. It's not like that. that. You just you just watching you just watching promo material and thinking that hell no. no. You just see black people, you know, right, exactly. riding around smoking weed, and you think yeah. oh it's oh it's yeah. a meal vision. It's cure. No, 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 right? No, 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 no. no. But yeah, like, it's more comparable to Twin Peaks. <laughs> like it's like yes, that. yes, yeah. That's that's what I want to bring up, right? Because yeah, yeah um, this this show you could tell draws a lot from from Twin Peaks in the sense yeah. that. It's the real world that we've seen, right? But it's these real down-to-earth characters. But they put in all these, like, really weird and absurd situations, right? They're too weird. They're too absurd, but weird enough now. And it always touches on something, like, profound or dark when it comes to, to race or, you know, socioeconomic issues in the, in the right. states and whatnot, right? But, yeah, the scenarios that these characters is being is just be some, like, just bizarre shit. But you're just laughing at how weird it is and how they react to it, though. Especially, um... Uh, yeah, da- yeah, Darius, silver yeah. favorite character, right? Played by yeah. uh, Lakeith Stanfield. But I was more talking about... Um, 
about um, Donald Glover, Andre. Like, there's just this his reactions to things in the show. This is how me cracking up doing even worse. Um, people boy, they will play by right. by Barry. Uh, Bri- sorry, um, Bri- Brian Tyree. Um, Henry, right? Yeah. yeah, this this is the way how he just react to stuff though in this kind of half asleep, half high. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it works, right? But yeah, when the when the last season was just basically um, you know, Donald Glover's character, aka Un, right? Uh just really fucking up as a manager for people boy, right? Right. But right. eventually they, they, they end up um securing them into this European tour, right? So they right. actually make it to the tour, right? But right. at the same time, Un more or less kinda um break up or I should say separate from um, his girlfriend, um, you know, uh, uh, sorry, Vanessa, who's played by, by Miguel Zazie Beats, right? Of yeah. course, Lakeith Stanfield as Darius is just there as just this Zen guy who could just, who just kind of always sees the, you know, the, the, the value in everything, right? Even when he's put literally through the ringer in that Teddy Perkins, um, you know, yeah, episode, yeah. right? But yeah, um, I just love the world of Atlanta, so to speak. I love the direction of it. Mostly done by um by uh hero um Morai. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 Glover, sorry, does some directing stuff here there as well too, yeah. right? Um the song choices as well too are great. The stories that they tell are great too. And you know, it's just where is and but really what, what sells it is just the character development. Where they take the characters, what you learn about them throughout it, right? And yeah, you can relate to at least one of these characters in it, right? And yeah, we've all been through weird shit before, right? But it just in this case it's just like a series of just weird stuff that takes place for these guys, boy. But yeah, absolutely loved um Atlanta boy. But you know, after that second season, we was like, where are we where are we gonna get that season three, right? Yeah. And well, we, we had to wait a long while and boom, here we here we yeah, are. Right, right after that, both Lakita and, and Byron Terry Henry kind of blow up, you know, one of them in the MCU right now. Well, both for them in the MCU now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, well, Zazie technically with um, oh gosh, with that. Zazie, too. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of right. with the toodles, you know, yeah, like Lakeith like getting nominated for Oscar, what that. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover still put out dope music, right? Like dope, he, right. he bought a really cool um album, you know, a couple of years back, right? Well, but Donald, Donald the MCU too. Remember he's um. He, oh right, right. He was in he was in Spider Man. Um, yeah, he's a uh, prowler. Yeah, yeah, he was in the first um, Spider-Man MCU film, right? Yeah. But lastly, what I want to say, though, with, with this season three, I uh, just want to touch briefly on uh, all that just kind of skimmed through it, right? But what he say about how this season is going to be so epic, so to speak, right? Just paraphrase it here, that it almost going to rival The Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> as a fan of The Sopranos, right? Okay. I have that day as the second best TV show ever, right? Right. He had to come through real good, though. But right. what I will say is that he on the right track, though. Yeah, in terms of direction, in terms of character development, where he takes his characters, he on the right tracker. Eh? Right. But he had one more season coming up with this, eh? so he had to right. come real good going forward. Eh? Yeah. But that's all I'll say for you to for you to but he did admit that yeah he is a fan of Sopranos and you can tell yeah he is drawing inspiration from that show right uh, in terms of where he takes the characters and whatnot right but yeah to make that claim boy all I have to say is that you you had to come real good going forward right but anyway um Ashton quickly yes just your just just what you thought wait wait what do you think about um Atlanta season one and two before we jump into three bro I love Atlanta I find it's a show that was just it really proved that Donald Glover was more than just any one thing, you know. I know. I, I, oh yeah, speak, speaking of him, though, I, I I still envy this man, boy. Like the man, the man could write, he could yeah, sing, 
he could rap, he stand could up everything. Like stand up, I yeah. want to do everything. <laughs> yeah, you do we everything. all want to do everything, but yo, Donald Glover have it right now. But yeah, that yeah. man, and, and he's having he's, time to do all this. I don't even know right, he's having time to do all this, you know. Yeah, you saw right. You saw right since um. Wait, is you saw right on uh. Since our community, no, since our community, you saw right since our community. Yeah, yeah, you know how this man has the time to do all this shit. That, yeah. that would just bug me, you know. But whatever, go on. Yeah. You know? Man's sick, boy. Donald Glover's sick. So I've always been a big Donald Glover fan. Yeah. And um I I I mean like I was so excited to see Atlanta, and Atlanta did not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. My favorite episode is the uh the creep episode. Uh which, which episode, sorry? The, the creeper guy in, uh, in the house. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Teddy Pookins. Teddy Pookins. Right, yo. Yeah. The episode was so weird, but so funny. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. And um, but I remember like his relationship issues that he was having in the show, and then the show kind of like just changed in the middle to different kind of, you know, things happening. It didn't just focus on him alone. You know, it branch off into the other guys and what they're doing as well. Um. I can't wait to watch some of season three. I haven't seen any of it as yet, so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This well, is well, we... be a spoiler. Spoiler. No, 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 no. I, I, actually, 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 we're gonna we're gonna be as spoiler free as possible, man, because I know a lot um, of people haven't started season three. Right. Well, I'll just. Like, um, yeah. Fuck that. That's what. That's what. Well, <laughs> the problem is, is what you what is, if I mention? Uh, you see, I'm gonna mention the references, but uh, that kind of spoils it a little bit. If you know the story. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, references. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, if right. you know, well, okay. So, I'll, well, hmm, yeah. Right. Well, well, yeah. R- R- yeah Ricardo, I'll... your 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 history with um Atlanta, and then you could jump into to the yeah, two episodes of uh, season. Right. Yeah. Again, big big fan of Donald Glover since his stuff on on YouTube. Um, you know, funny dude. You know, you come up much like a sorry You know, start small, start on, on stuff, but you know, find yourself in in the right space and with the right right friends and people, and they, they connect real well. And yeah, uh, community, great show. You know, he's legitimately yeah. yeah, legitimately and that he's probably one of my favorite TV characters ever. I it's still still to this day, you can't disappoint a picture. It's still one of the funniest bits ever. Like, and that still <laughs> cracked me up to this day. Uh, mm. But yeah, uh, dude, the dude is do everything. He really is one of those you know, the, the closest thing to a Renaissance man we have, right? Like, just you know, writing Childish Gambino's albums are great. Music, great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Creative material, you know, everything always on the cutting edge. And he's he's one of those who we can talk about this. This is a really interesting thing with 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 my generation and you know um, Gen Z Gen Z black people in particular of how to be American but not be American. Like this whole like one of the things about black Americans, black Americans trapped and we have a term for them, right? We call them ADOS, right? Right, American descendants of slaves. They have there's a weird mm. like poisoning of the mind that many of them suffer from. And we kind of get into that joke about, like, yeah, Obama couldn't be an American. That's the joke, right? He's an American citizen, technically, but he didn't grow up in America. And that's why he is who he was, right? A a, a black American couldn't be president. A black man could be president, but not a black American. Like, you get into these weird arguments. And Donald Glover is that weird in between where he is black American, but he feels international. It's this international black American balance of... Is an interesting kind of playoff. Yeah, he's 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 open to, to new things. Yes, basically. yes, and it's, it's, he's feel like that because you don't you don't feel like a, a like a foreigner coming into America, but yet he has such an international perspective on how to see the world 
from the outside and the inside because a lot of I, I, I do say I do think a lot of black Americans, black Amer- especially black American men, are very insular in their thinking in terms of what they think the world should be and how they are. Right? Again, I might be selling them short, but I saw a state from the outside. And notice if if you're you're Caribbean or you're from Nigeria or something like that, you tend to be more, for lack of a better term, cultured. Or some, sorry to sound classes if I if I sound in classes, right? Um, yeah, I you know he's, he's, he's he really is a real deal, right? He, he does so much, does so well, you know. He had what probably one of the biggest hits for what well, yeah that was 2019. Um, this is America. Oh, um, yeah, that was 2018, oh, yeah, that was. I think. I say. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what he's talking about. Just great stuff, and he gets into he really taps into that that whole the black black American history, which is more horror story than anything. Like framing this as a horror story and and a kind of absurdist absurdist reality makes perfect sense if you know the actual history of black americans in particular um yeah it, it's he, he's one of those and with with atlanta the show it really really embodies that so fantastically like atlanta is a, a, a city and georgia as a state has so many dark and disturbing stories because it's, it's a confluence of wealth and and blackness and black people exposing themselves and that whole again you know the internationalization of the black people right is, is Caribbean culture, a lot of French French influence, a lot of right, a lot of that. Everything just coming together, and yeah, you you really see it in, in manifesting the show in terms of like, well, how you know how it is we look at music, how why does how does that something so small could spread out into the world, like in the case of Paperboy, um, the, what and then we'll probably get into season three. Um, Ern as a character is excellent. He, he's a Princeton dropout, and how that feels, and how a lot of a lot of black people. The reason you will drop out is not because of the grades or it's because of the social aspects of it. They never address that mystery in the story, eh? why he dropped out, which I, I hope they address. But, you know, it's all of that. And then the end of season one was just so so sad and unfortunate, you know, seeing him, you have to see seeing him having to sleep in a, in what, in, uh, in one of them trailers or what's called those? Um, I forget what you call it though, but that, that, that was like, one, yeah, yeah, storage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was like one of the most iconic things of season yeah. one. Yeah, that's like I catch him off guard, and then the end of season two. Oh my gosh, that was real hard. What do you, what yeah, do, boy. What do you do with the gun? I was yeah. like, oh shit. That and, then, gets... and then he had the nerve to look at, at people boy and say he put it to the other yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and people and people boy catch him, eh? And it's like and it and then well, like it's how people boy like tell him, oh yeah, that's the kind of shit he had to be doing. Like it, it worked. Like it added balance it. it. It's 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 that interesting space that you know black people have to go into, especially black men of. Sometimes you play the rules and you you sometimes want to be like a lot there's a there's a big critic of a lot of black men nowadays, especially with there's all of this back and forth with Dave Chappelle, is that yeah, a lot of black men is just one step away from being a white guy. There's it, there's a lot of that, right? In, in terms of class and power and conceit. But at the same time, you know, you get sometimes the brunt of the, the the damage, right? If when it comes to violence upon black men and prison populations and and you know, um poverty and and you know, who more likely to get shoot from the police and all of that stuff. And they play that so well of playing with the rules and then playing outside of the rules and how to go back and forth on that. And, you know, understand your place, no matter how rich or wealthy you, you could become, it could turn around on you. And well, we're going to get into that, you know, later on, you know, with, with the Oscars, right? Uh, right. So to get to the season three, uh, did you watch any other episodes, Matthew? Yeah, I did. I, I, I watched right. it watch too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So right. yeah, it's, it's just it's just like a quick, quick, quick synopsis of, of what right. happened. Okay. So the, the first episode, if you know, I'll just I, I don't want to spoil it, but basically it's a, it's about a boy who kind of falls out with his family, 
and family protective services come in to effectively take him away because I think the fee not being raised right. And then they send him to an adopted family. And it's I, when they when they say what when I when you immediately see the scenario set up, I immediately knew what was going on. Like I know the, because I know the story. And it's based off of a, a true story, based off of a something called the Hart family murders. That is all I'll see. I don't right. I, but once I say that, I don't spoil it already. Like but it plays out much nicer than that true story. But when I immediately saw the story, like when I see a character and then another person comes in, I oh shit, I know what's going on. They play with that. And it's the entire episode is about this first episode. It doesn't include Earn or none of the main cast at all. But it is it's apparently occurring in Atlanta. So this might link back to the main storyline in some way, shape, or form. We don't know. Um, it's just this super disturbing, dark story. They make a lot of black people culture jokes with white people. So, you know, white women in particular can cook the chicken. You know, uh, that's a whole joke. They, you know, we're cooking fried chicken tonight. And then you see the fried chicken, is like, wait, wait, high pressure. Um, they don't have wash, washcloths. That's a whole joke. You know, the whole washcloth and cleanliness and hygiene arguments, so, which is a lot of stereotypes both ways, but like you get where they're coming from. Uh, there's a lot of small like talking points involving um, what songs they want them to sing because they had the, they, when he was adopted, they had them doing something and then they had one of them say, say they should sing a song in a certain way. And it's like, wow, that's real dark. Uh, there's a small jokes about, um, you know, the, the, is your father this? There's a question. You'll see it. My God, when yes. I heard that, I nearly dead <laughs> like, laugh. Like, I, 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 I legit pause the show. I was like, oh, fuck. The yeah, that. That wow. Real, <laughs> real, yeah. And then, yeah, the ending. The ending was like, yeah, I can't know where the story was going at the ending. Because, okay, so there's a documentary based on these two people. And it was a big kerfuffle when this happened. Right? This was a huge deal because it was such a mix of gender and race and sexuality all culminating together in this one story. And I like how the, when the, the two actresses as well, who they, who they get to play them, they, they made the kind, why did no one stop us? That's a real good point because it's referencing the real story as well. And like how things get to that point. If you know what the Hart family is, look it up. It's super dark. So I, 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 I don't blame you if you don't look it up. I don't know if they, there's a documentary, I think, on Netflix. You could probably find it. I never watched a documentary. So I don't know the full details of the story. But it's, it's one of the saddest, saddest stories you'll see in a long time. Then the beginning of the episode gets into something even more disturbing in, in Georgian history. Um, something called Lake Lanier, right? If you know what that is. Uh, yeah, it's a super fucked up thing about what Lake Lanier is and the history of Lake Lanier, why it is the way it is, why it it's basically, well, for lack of a better term, it's a haunted lake. And they have this whole scenario based on that premise. That's it. That's all I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, it's like, wow, they, they get, they, they do some deep cuts here, boy. Some real, real deep cuts, you know, sad, sad black history stuff, right? Uh, that was the first episode. The, and then the end of the episode just shows Ern waking up in, in Holland in his bed. So the way how it's played out is like it was a bad dream or something. Again, I'm not sure if that happened or not in the world, or if it's just Ern dreaming. Because it just plays out like if Ern was dreaming. That's how they play. Um, that is how episode one ends. Then episode two, well, it goes to um, following Zazie Beats, um, Van and Darius having to go meet someone and on their last day. That's all I'll say, <laughs> right? And then they follow Ern, Paperboy, um, and... Um, Oh gosh, who's the other fellow boy? Shit, slipping my mind right now. But um, not, not, not Darius, no. No, not Darius. Well, Darius comes later, but Earn Paperboy and somebody else. The, the other, I forget the guy's name. He was the, the guy who was helping them out. 
Oh, the um, oh gosh, he's 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 one of the the, the agent guys. Right, and manager, get, manager, yeah. Right, and so they nice. get into they get into something that look. I so I know this one, kind, and not too too close to it, but I know this one kind of personally because of my mom uh, and her connection to to Holland. Yeah, they get into Swatepit. <laughs> if you know who Swatepit is, ah uh, uh, yeah, ah uh, yes. Get into Swatepit, and that whole that whole insidious kind of undertone to the whole thing. And they, they, they just, like. The, the, it is funny at the same time because it, it just to see everybody involved in it because it is largely for in at least not in American context it is largely at not as bad as what they do in America with it but it is just it is still pretty bad right right and they you know they have to change the culture and they have an excuse of what it is but that is not the true story and this true story is still very racist unfortunately sorry Zata Peter's racist I know it's people who def- defend it and say no it's really it's really chimney sweet Chimney soot. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but they, they they play with that conceit of it. It have this whole this whole talk this whole what did you find this part of this conversation involving two? Well, I think they're prostitutes. And they had this conversation and basically like it looked like the conversation is about racism. But you could like because people people boy doesn't know Dutch. But he heard he heard the Edward drop ever so often, <laughs> which was funny. Um, yeah, it was. It was. That was a good little bit. Um, yeah, and then they, they have little, little commentary things like, well, apparently Paperboy was in prison for a little while, and that was funny. Yeah, they, they kind of show him, like, yeah, they show how Dutch prisons are. Like, you know, there's a commentary on on, on incarceration, right? Um, and then Zazibi shows up. She has a whole thing. And now that is a real thing in Holland, but it's, it can't be like that. It's not that disturbing or dark. Oh, oh okay, okay. I, I was, I was wondering. I was wondering. It's it, not that. It's not that. But basically, it's a, it's a, it's a way called die with dignity scenario. Even though it might have cults or people like that who probably does that, I have no idea. But it's not that, right? It's, it's thing. But it's it basically, if you know what death to dignity is, it's that. It's basically, you know, if if you know who Doctor Kovokian is, is that right? Uh yeah. Um, solid two first episodes. The first episode is excellent. Like truly excellent. I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Uh, uh, people was hyping it up. I, I, I had to watch it later so I can see it when it came out. But everybody was like, "Nah, boy, it's real hard, boy." You know, ten out of ten, ten out of ten, so and so. And I'm like, yeah, it can't be that good. I didn't watch it. And it was that good. That first episode is so good. Um, it's super disturbing and, and really well done for what they do with it. And you know, again, good child actors. That that is really like rape something really high. Like one of the reasons I like Abbott Elementary so much is because they have such good child actors. It's that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that child was real good, Dread. The, the child acted, Dread. Um, and it's such a it's such a dark and disturbing scenario about that whole that whole story. Though. Um, episode two is good, not great. I, I felt it could have paced out a little better. Ern's arc is still trying to win me over. Not really into that so much. Like he's still haranguing, and he and he and Van and they, they together. And it's like, wait, why Van there exactly? But it's supposed they still had to answer questions, however. Yeah, uh, it, it, it admittedly does feel a little too convenient. I, I would right. admit that. But they had explained. They had explained. Whatever. They'll give them a chance to tell the story. I bet it was fine. But yeah, first two episodes, solid, solid start to the season. I enjoyed it so far. But yeah, <laughs> now nah, boy, that 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 part with the that part with the 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 van in the end, it's like Jesus, boy. Yeah, boy. I real pressure. 
Whatever. Yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree with you, man. Um, this, this, this show is off to, to a fine, fine start, though. Um, I do agree with you as, in terms of, you know, the, the, the premiere um, being, you know, just, just such a standout episode, boy. Just yeah. just coming right out the gate, you know what I mean? Just just hitting you with that, boy. Um, just so thought-provoking and dark and disturbing at the same time. Uh, but still, you know, um, just solid writing and direction and acting, as you said before, right? Um. What I will say without spoiling it is that I don't... They, they, they kind of set up these... It's basically like you see three scenarios in this film, right? And right. the title of, of, of this uh, episode just so happens to be Three Slaps, right? Right. But I don't think that they're meant to, to be actual dreams, right? Or right. interlinked or interlinked dreams, right? But they, they just kind of set up to look like it, right? Right. So right, the way right. how it ends, I don't think that it's a dream, that everything okay. you saw was a dream and that. I just think that it's right. just put there to this kind of fool you a little bit, right? Um, but I, I was trying to, I was trying to think the old yeah. three slaps in. Remember the grandfather hit him three slaps in the beginning, though. Yes, he just yes, he pop, did, pop, yeah. pop, and say, "Hey, what's what wrong with you?" Like that whole thing, though. I like that. And they, yeah, they, they yeah. play with that really well. That whole who should raise you kind of thing, right? I mean, they carry to the most extreme situation, eh? but still, like they make it work, like for what it is, though. And yeah, it'll be yeah. happy we have. I like that. Yeah, go ahead. And and again, just just sticking with that whole dark absurdity, right? Uh, what that kid went through there and just seeing how weird this couple was moving, right? Like, really, really weird, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, well, <laughs> with this second episode now, uh, you know, with with our our um, lead characters uh, in, in Amsterdam now, and then we're seeing, you know, this this really, like, bleatily uh, racist uh, blackface thing, right? Yeah. Um, well, the Swati Pete thing, as, as I said, right? Yeah. Uh, just how far they took that to uh, work as well, right? I have to give credit with, with, to the show by just seeing Scarlet is in America coming here and seeing this thing for the first time, right? Yeah. yeah. With the, with, 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 like the, the show itself is not telling you in Amsterdam, get all this shit together, but it's just putting, you know, American characters in this scenario and seeing how they play out, right? So it's not a full critique of, you know, Amsterdam society. It's just that aspect, right? That that really uncomfortable aspect of their, of their yeah. culture and how they yeah, yeah. celebrate Christmas and all that, right? Um, as far as. You know, as far as yourself with with doing though, it you know like it it kind of does still feel like he is sleepwalking. Like you know, like even where where he is introduced actually um in the in the first episode, almost like he kind of sleepwalking through things. You know, like him just still trying to figure things out. Um, and I have a feeling that this is gonna be you know the main theme of this season. Characters just trying to figure out things out, right? Yeah. Whether it's um uh, it's him or Vanessa or even People Boy and all too, because yeah, he have any theme and all that kind of stuff. But if it is that he in um doing this European tour and he had to deal with all this shit, right? Cases boy, what happened with him in the hotel and a concert scene? That's all we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's like what what what's what's next, right? So we have to yeah. see where that goes. What I am I, curious now is is whether the the um, bulk of the show will take place in Europe because right. the title issue is, is Atlanta, so you gotta come back to Atlanta. And right. while lastly, while while I don't think we will get back to um to what happened to the kid in the in the first episode, um or maybe they will, but I don't think that it will be like a big deal. Like he's going to be one of the new main characters in the show, I tell you that. But I, I do feel that they will touch back on him or his or his family eventually, but not in a great deal. That's that's all right. I say. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, what I love is, is how it just balanced the the just the awkwardness and just pure cringe of the whole thing in the second episode. Yeah. Like, that exactly. Is what... Again, the way how Ern just like yeah, responds. Yeah. He just have a yeah, way yeah. like he'll watch something. I'm like what? No, no, that is one <laughs> moment. 
it that is one moment. So okay, well, this is yeah, the name of the episode is Santa Claus is coming to town. So I, when I when I saw that when I saw the title, I like oh shit, I know what they're gonna do. Like it was just immediate. Mm. Uh, but the the the, uh, the the joke or the bit with it is that everybody doing it and it's just the casual little moments. So it's like jeez boy, like the the bellhop. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. Yes, the, 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 like little things like that. It's like jeez boy. It's yeah. funny too, yeah, because again. Because it's such a different cultural context, it's not the I can't, I, I can't good conscience compare it, but it's still it's still incredibly problematic. Uh, but they, they make it work for white is it's excellent writing in that sense, uh, as I say. Um, yeah, that last point, and then you can move on. Uh, yeah, for sure, me, sure. Um, yeah, I just I just thought I'm just I just want them to like just they don't have to go into every super deep cut black people thing in America. We have a lot of great like things they could just reference in. In Atlanta alone, like well in Georgia, right? Because they, they, I like that they reference Lake Lanier, right? Lake Lanier is a whole disturbing story, and they just reference that. Yeah, uh, right. So he, yeah, it's it's just un- really unfortunate that you had all of that um, for what it is in this conceit, uh, and you, you make it work in its own storytelling. So yeah, uh, I really want to see what they're gonna do there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so far I am I am thoroughly enjoying the season so far. Um, not sure where the direction of this is going, which which I, I really do appreciate. Um, but, you know, I just want him to just maintain the solid storytelling, character development. And, yeah, just, just absurd dark shit, right? Which which you love about the show anyway, right? But, you know, uh, very, very truthful, very honest, sincere look at, you know, American society and all that good stuff, right? So, yeah, um, we definitely will be we, we will be uh, watching these uh, episodes out. Um, I'm not even going to to like wait till all the episodes done and then binge them. I'm going to check these out every single Tuesday when they drop. Um, right. And yeah, uh, I I I do hope that we get a great season here. And well, lastly, um, I know that the the fourth season that uh, which I think is either is it going to be in production at the end of the year or is it going to be out by the end of the year? I think it's one of those two. Right. Yeah, that will be the final one. Um. I do hope that the show ends off on a high note, though, um, because because for one thing, uh, sorry to say, but these these actors again any older, right? Again any younger, sorry. So yeah, yeah. they kind of had to wrap things up, right? I mean, there's only so much that Lakeith could do with his hair. <laughs> you, you see how he die here, like <laughs> trying to make him look young. You know what I mean? It, it does it. Trying to maintain his youth. Um, even though I mean a lot of time has passed since that second season, right? Just just see it, right? But yeah, um, enjoying where, where the show is going so far, man. So I can't I can't wait to see how deep you know this 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 um this season is gonna go, man. All right, so sticking with TV again, um, let's talk about Halo, right? Um, sure. at the time of us recording this, we already got the the um series premiere. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, so I I will keep my my thoughts to this on this short, right? Um, and my reason being is because. I've only played one Halo game, and that's the first one, right? Um, that's not to say that I don't appreciate or love the game. It's just that uh, compatibility. Just, just my system can't run the other games or whatnot, right? So I am not the biggest, most diehard fan of this from of this franchise. I don't know if you are, Ricardo. You could you could fill me on that, but I mean, for me, it is it still remains one of my favorite. Um, it, it it made for one of my favorite um gaming experiences, like like right. ever, right? Um, you know, just just a great sci-fi action shoot 'em up, right? I, you know, with 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 a lot of you know, um, great world building and you know, just a kick-ass iconic character in the form of uh, Master Chief, right? So yeah. you know, 
great, right? But I've just never followed up on the others. But I've heard that the you know, I heard that the, the the franchise got considerably better yeah. um, with the with the subsequent games. Maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong. But yeah, with this show here, um, you know, you we, we was hearing for years that we were supposed to get this Halo TV series. I was like, well, all right, but you know, it's it's one of those things that you know, in in the grand scheme of 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 green uh, greenlit projects, right? You always hear, oh, this guy want to make this, and that guy want to make this, and that that guy want to make this. It's like, oh, all right, well, show me something, right? So it's right. only like this year, I believe it was, yeah, this year that we got to see our trailers. Like, okay, they're, they're real, they're they they're really serious about this shit. All right, cool. Yep. And I hear that it, well, you know, just oh, uh, again, just really great, fine. Um, yeah, they even get like Steven Spielberg and and Amblin Entertainment back in the right. subject. So, all right, we're, right, okay, okay, right. okay. We'll talk about right. that. Yeah. yeah, but but the catch is, however, is that um, some critics actually got to see two episodes, the first two episodes, and their reactions, their their reviews were were, were less than favorable. Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> so I just went in with, with, with expectations low for this one. But again, in my defense, I've only played one game. We play one game, so I don't know everything about the world of, of Halo. I only play one game, right? Whatever. So yeah, Ricardo, Halo, is this a favorite game of yours? And then afterwards you could um, jump into what this um Yeah, I never I was yeah, I know I was never super into it as much as I was more again, I'm a more of a Mass Effect person. Um you know, it's it's a decent enough world for what it is. It have a lot of a great law. Um, you know, when it, you like you find out who built what and why, and you know what the flood is or what this is and who this these are and who the covenant are and whatever it is, right? Keep David in both franchises, but I prefer Mass Effect to be fair. Um, yeah. Um, so I it just I I'm one of those cursory fans who just know the kind of the big beats and what the fan base kind of like. And this show, what I'll say about the show is that it. It have, a, it have a core problem that I feel they could have just easily work around. And the core problem is that it's looking kind of cheap. That's my problem with this. I like, thought I was the only one to pick up on that, you know? Yes, it was looking... And you know, like, they could say, well, you know, it's a TV show, you know, but... Oh, but right. But for something like this, for material like this, not seeing you had to spend tons of cash to make this thing look good, but it's Halo for God's sake. So, yeah, expectations are coming real high for that. You know? So, here's the thing, eh? Here's the thing. It's it cheap. It's looking cheap. But you see, what it could have done, I felt, is just, it's not that it, it's not that it, it the cheapness is, is look like, it's how it is shot. I think it's, it's two problems. One, how it's shot. And then two, the grade. The, the grade, the color grade kind of weird, right? Like, for what it, they, they decided to use this clear, bright color grade for everything. And mm. that, I think, was a mistake. I, I personally felt they should have gone more hazy and gray and, and grounded and, and kind of dried out. And then how it shot, it shot, they, they shoot it straight forward. So everything very clear and clean. I was like, yeah, but they should have shoot this more variety style and, and kind of borderline shaky cam and that kind of stuff, right? And here's why I think this, because there was a film that was meant to be Halo back in 2009 and it didn't make and they end up making this film and said, and it looks great. A little movie called District Nine. Ah uh, yes, uh, go back yes. and watch District Nine. One of District my favorite Nine. movies of two thousand nine. By the right. way, District Nine was supposed to be Halo, right? He was supposed to direct. That whole thing it fall through. And that movie, how that is shot because it's, they shoot everything shaky cam and everything cut weird and you know shoot like play like a documentary. It looked better. Like I watch back District Nine, and it's like look how good this looking. 
and uh, the special effects is clearly inferior to this, right? It's, it's cheaper than this, wherever it is. But it, this just looks fake now. It looked too fake. It looked off. Like, I'm uh, sorry. And everything looked just cheap. That is the main problem with this. Here's the other problem. Now, this is something that those super bottom here, and I kind of get where they do it, but it really feel like they're ripping off Mandalorian. Uh, the whole... Oh, yeah. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole helmet thing. Yes. That completely... I like, dude, put back on the helmet. Sorry. Put that helmet back the fuck I, on. I, I think, I think Halo fans must be, must be shit themselves when they see yeah, that. Today. I don't know. It's like, that don't work at all, Joe. Like, because in, in Mandalorian, it was like, well, the reason he had to take off the helmet is something super important. So, like, in, in season one, he take out the helmet, but it was a robot. And then in season two, he had to take off the helmet to solve the problem when he was with Ben, um, Bill Burr character. And so, it's like one-offs. But first episode, nah, man. They could have... Nah, man. That didn't work at all, Jared. Like, look, I don't know who this actor is. So I don't care. Like, it's not like some famous actor we need to see the man face. Really, um, face. He is, he is, he is Pablo Schreiber. Shri- right? Where are you from? Where are you from? He, he's, 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 he's porn stash from Orange, Orange is the New Black Dog. But he looked different, Oh, right, though. right, he, right. He yeah. Right. Oh, shit, yeah. You know? Yeah. What, dice, dice him? Wow, we look really yeah. different. Uh, <laughs> don't Mm. Wow, you know, my brain and you connect that to Aldred. Okay. Yeah. But still, though, like, nah, man, keep the helmet on you. Like, look, freaking thing bigger than you and just keep the helmet on in Mandalorian. Right? Yeah. So, what are you doing? What are you doing? What is this hell? And the man, it's not to say he take off the helmet for like a two seconds or something. He had the helmet off for like a whole action sequence. And I'm like, nah, man. Yeah. Whatever. Um, other things that. that, that I'm, 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 I'm going to talk about that too, with the reasoning yeah. behind it, but continue. Yeah, and then other little small things that are it kind of bother me, but like whatever they they address it later, which is the whole um what do you call it where the, the Gregorian chants chanting, the monks chanting. Like we get oh, idea. Oh right, right, right. From, from the original that. game, right. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that should have been the opening of the song. Like, come Thank on. Thank you, cause that, that that theme song is still iconic though. I, yeah, I exactly. remember and that they, shit. And yeah. the, the, the theme song they use, so this is like oh, that's the theme song, is it some kind of generic ass kind of thing? Like, dude, you see. Yeah, it sounds bland as bland hell. Like if you've like, seen oh, one sci-fi series, like if you've seen yeah. Oh, well, sorry, no, no disrespect to Bear McCready, right? Like, if you've heard like his work on Battlestar Galactica, Dread, right, you right. kinda know the gist of what you're gonna get with this show. Exactly. You know? I like, dude, just use the, use the thing from the game now. A little thing like that. In terms of world building, I don't hate it. It's fine. Like, the, that another thing. The, the fight with the Covenant in the beginning with all the elites. It, the elites look a little, little, little cheap. Again. Again. <laughs> little, you see. <laughs> the problem is that because everything's so clear. You see, when you show things clear, people see the flaws. But everything, if they could just show some, just put some dust in front of that, or, you know, everybody, everything hazy and shock. Because, you know, it's a real shock and all kind of attack and everything shaky cam and you ain't really know. It could have worked. It would have worked. It would have been fine. Right? You know, make everything more dusty and unclear. So you're not seeing what's going on. And the only people who see what's going on is um, Master Chief and them. Right. It would have been fine. Because, you know, it's from the perspective of these, 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 I forget what they call them. Like, villagers. I forget what they are. These, these side people now. Yeah. That is about it. So, Yeah. And, well, they're getting to the, the big conspiracy theory involving UNMC, USMC, and whatever it is. Uh, all of that narrative stuff I don't care about because, like, okay, I think that's part of this, some game, that's probably part of Halo Reach or something like that. I'm not familiar enough with the franchise to know. Okay. It's fine. And how deep they're going to go? Probably kind of deep. They, they have a human working on the Covenant, and I don't know who she is. I don't know if she invented for the show. No idea. I only played, like, the first three games. I kind of remember the story. Kind of. That's about it. So I about as familiar with you with the franchise. But I don't know. These little things bother me because how cheap everything looking. It just looking cheap. It don't have to look like this, you know, because they could have shoot it. 
I don't know if the camera and the grade are not looking like a film green. It does have this kind of even, you know, color graded. Like you just just apply a little film on this now, make it a little filmy, filmy looking now. Like I, I, you know, the movie I watch it like we watching Winning Time. Winning Time looks great because it looks like you know old film stock now or something like that now. I don't know, boy. Yeah, they they they, they put effort in the post production. They didn't just slap yeah. on a, <laughs> a color grade and say, "All right, cool, export that shit." Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know, man. I find they could pop up a, a proper film, you know. If they do that, it'll be fine. Have it look easy. Have it look verite. You know, feel like a like little shaky cam, and you'll be able to get through. But this as it is now, nah, man, I, I ain't feeling it at all. Yeah, well, I, I have to echo your your opinions on this, but um, I, I wanted to feel it. I mean, give, yeah. given given the, the, but the, the no, source material, me, but I just... This time you worried for Mass Effect now. Oh, really? Like, you know? Oh, if ever, if ever they make a short of it, yeah. Well, yeah, well Amazon's supposed to be start doing, doing something. Oh, yeah. yes, you're right. That's, I know. that's true. I forgot, But yeah. Well, it's Amazon. It's Amazon. They're going to hopefully give me like something. Because if, if Amazon give me something like the expanse, I'm going to be happy. But they, this, nah, man. I, I ain't feeling this at all, Joe. Yeah, well, I, I just found out here through the wiki pages that um, the show already renewed for a second season. So, okay, um, well, I mean, shit, no, like, 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 I guess we in it for the long run, right? But, but to yeah. be fair, to be fair, there is room for improvement. There, there is room for improvement, right? Um, but what I saw here is is fine, I guess. Like, yeah, but but the problem, all right? So, I do agree with you visually. It does look. It, it, it does look a little too much like a TV show, right? Um, you know, in terms of blocking, in terms of staging, in terms of like, um, in terms of like action sequences and all that kind of stuff, it just looks like an just like an average TV show, right? Yeah. Um, that that leads me to the main problem that I had with this, right? Now, I am no expert in this in this franchise, right? But I could tell by the the way how it looks, the way how it's executed and all that, it feels like it's made specifically for people who never play the game at all or just probably feel, look at some like footage right. and thought or it's just about a guy in a suit running around shooting at aliens and that's that's what the show is about and and how how how, how i knew was that way is the 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 premise right so you know uh master chief is shows up on this uh planet right uh called magical right i, I yeah. laugh when i see that yeah, you know, they, they, no, they, can't, I, right? I make a joke about it yeah you know welcome does. to the family magical right yeah. moving on <laughs> But anyway, so I did a big shootout and all that kind of stuff. You only have one survivor. Now I'll give credit to the show for incorporating a lot of um a lot of um minorities in this though. So you see some Korean actors, you see uh an Indian actress, uh, you see a couple of black people as well too, right? So I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool, right? Um and I mean like the action sequence is, is cool. It's is cool. Yeah. Like kind of been there, seen that they kinda do what they expect. They're not, to. they're not special, but it's a Yeah. Um, I I did find the um the 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 creatures themselves to just look kind of cheap, you know. But I do agree with you. What they could have done was just add some dust and just Dog, come with listen, some creative choices. Go back, just go to back hide and watch those. Though. Yeah, go back and watch District Ninety final action sequence. Just watch how that was shot, how that was right, cut right. together. They're like, yeah, you had to do it like that. Like, sorry, yeah. yeah. Okay, I sorry. Well, you don't have to do it like that, but I mean, no, no, you know, that, yeah. they had the right call. Anyway, yeah. yeah. But but sorry, cause like when I look at these creatures, they it they just look fake. Like I understand, it's it's not meant to be real. Blah blah blah. It's a but they look so damn fake. I'm sorry, right? Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's just how bright everything looks. Like even, there's a moment when you're in a cave and all too, and you see in this creature, and like the, the, you see the detail is like, nah, boy, this this yeah. thing 
Ah, but you know. the thing is, the thing is, when you when you to, to, the usual thing when you're covering up CG that unfinished, it it, it looked like unfinished CG, right? Is either do the shaky cam, hazy stuff, or, or out of focus kind of thing, or you do you do it in nighttime, right? You have a nighttime action sequence, so you can cover up the, the, the little random mistakes or whatever it is. You know, that's why Spider Man, you know, that final action sequence in Spider Man Far From Home. Sorry, far oh, oh, I mean, no way home. Yeah. No way home. Sorry, yeah, no yeah, way home. Which I argued about using to a shadow, but I mean, yeah, I understand. That, that, that's why. That's why. Yeah. But that shit wasn't finished, like clearly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's that, right? It's it's pretty much that. But uh, they didn't try to hide the mistakes, right? It looked unfinished. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. unfinished. Sorry. Right. That's, so, 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 a couple so, passes in the render. Yeah. So, so, so back to the to the issue with this, right? So, I I just feel like this show is just designed for people who just saw keen footage of the sh- of the game and just thought, oh, it's just we we want to show people that there's more to this game than just a guy running around and shooting people or jumping into you know a, a van, you know, with a gun and shooting people, right? No, there's more to it than that, right? And that's where you know the show really went out of its way to try to develop Master Chief, even right down to having the poor man take off his his helmet. You're like, what? You know, we had like. Like I say, I could tell that they was trying to do this with, you know, this sole survivor, this Korean uh, woman who survives, right. right? And her, you know, supposed to be executed, you know, because of reasons. And, you know, all of a sudden, Master Chief, because he finds some kind of alien device, he now understands free will for, for reasons, right? And now right. he feels like to, to go against, you know, um, the, 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 um, the UNSC's orders and all that good shit, right? right? All that is just to humanize the character and make us care, right? I right. can see the Mandalorian isms in it. Yeah. Um, and not just no, with, is, you know, the, the helmet stuff, but having him gear, take the, off the helmet. And and also right. with, with people, like, there's a moment where she's asking him, so, so do you eat with that? And all that kind of stuff. Like, all those little things are, like, laughing the fact that this guy walk around with a helmet and suit on whole day. Like, that's all that Mandalorian shit, Jim. I still, exactly. I feel like, but that's the character, like. Uh, but here's the difference. The difference is that it's it's uh, what do you call it? It have no baby Yoda. She is not baby Yoda, cause I really thought they was gonna play play it like that. Is oh she does is she, is she and him bouncing off each other? He's the stoic, don't talk that much, and she's the one always talking and having to tell the jokes and be the audience surrogate. But then like they kind of don't really do that, and they again, they, when they show the face, it's like nah man, like you serious, like. If yeah, you, like like, like it, this it, dude. This dude is who I'm supposed yeah. to look at as yeah. the, as the man, the myth, and the yeah. master chief himself, right? So yeah, so so going back to you know trying to 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 make this franchise palatable to to new viewers and whatnot, right? Um, even the whole conceit of you know him having to go against you know his makers and all that kind of stuff, right? You know, there's his high ups and all that kind of stuff, um, because we need to humanize this one character. He's just a cut above everybody else, right? It just felt a little forced to me. It just really felt forced, right? Um, the stuff that that took place throughout the rest of the show just felt like any other, you know, um, space show that I've seen, like a Battlestar Galactica or you know a, a Star Trek Discovery. I mean, sorry, I have to bring those two up, right? Because they really do feel like that, right? Um, but again, it just really does feel like you know the show or the creators just have to find a way to make this show work and make sense, right? So it can't just be about action. It has to be about all these other things, right? And I get it. It's fine. It was a storytelling and whatnot, right? But even in this one episode, it didn't feel to me like the games that I've, that the one game that I play, it doesn't feel like the the, the franchise itself, right? And this is the point again, that's another wrap-up, right? So if, if, if one were to, to, to be asked the question, all right, should I watch this before I play the game, right? Or does the or, or does this show do justice to the game 
I'll tell you flat, no, it feels like a like just a story set in this world, but is with the the character that we know and love because it does not feel like you know the game. And you know, I, I would attribute that also to like just see how the action scenes were filmed and shot, right? Like, yeah, this is a TV ME show, but I didn't get that at all. I I, I felt like this was something I, I would have seen like on sci-fi or or like CW, no offense, right? It just didn't have that that ME goodness that you know the people in the game kind of you know people who play the game would expect from it, right? It just felt kind of watered down, felt kind of basic. Just felt like, all right, well, you know, this is the way we have to do it because, you know, any other way people wouldn't understand it, right? But I don't want to ramble on too long or too long with this, right? Because this is just the premiere. The point is, it just really does feel like yet another, you know, video game adaptation where it, it's it's clear that the creators don't really know the material all that well. So they make an aversion which feels like pastiche of other sci-fi shows. And we're just going to cobble this thing together. But we have this main character. So that makes it healer, right? But outside of, of Master Chief being in this, maybe I don't know everything else um, much about, about the the, um, the law or the, the universe itself. But it just felt like an average sci-fi flick to me. Yeah. It just felt like that. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But I do hope that the series does, you know, grad, you know, become, get better with each other. Uh, with you know, subsequent episodes. I, I heard, well, you know, again, you know, the first two episodes were critiqued and people didn't like them. But I do yeah. hope from that point on, you know, things step up. Not just storytelling and characterization, but also um, visuals and just the way how the action yeah. is handled. And uh, just just stop making this thing look cheap. I mean, it's Paramount Plus, goddammit. Like, yeah. come on, right? But yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was, it was all right. It was fine for what it is. But... Um, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all kind of with me with this premiere, and unfortunately, they didn't, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it is yep. what it is. It looked like shit. <laughs> it was funny. You said something in, in the review. <clears throat> you said there's a feeling like it's forced. Yeah. And much like shit, that was forced. You're correct. That that whole thing so with, with the girl and the survivor, and she wanted to know, all that felt forced. All that she's not, felt She's forced. not required. You know what they could have done? They could have done a show where these characters were going to invade the Covenant again, or to stop the Covenant, or the Covenant attacking. We don't need um, outside villages and outposts, none of that stuff. We just need to point the gun at the alien and pull the trigger. But that, the that's the problem. But that's the problem. That's the problem I, I, I keep bringing up. See, people will see that now and think, oh, well, there's no point to this. There's, 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 no, there's no purpose to it. It's just gunning down aliens. That's the point, right? But, I mean, there's a franchise around it, right? I don't see that the, the, the games are just about that, but there's more to it than that. I feel like just in this premiere, the show didn't even tap that. You know what I mean? They, they just try their own thing and it doesn't work, right? But, I mean, I, again, I like the goal level, though. The goal level is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, again, if it, if, it was looking, if it was looking so damn cheap, I would have mine now. Because again, thank you. Right, you see yeah, characters I mean, getting shot and blown up, but I've not seen a blood stain on the side or nothing like that. I just see a, a character dead and then they get blown up and then it move on. And like, right. that, that is because of the weapons, right? Those weapons cauterize as they attack, right? Oh, so, okay. Well, okay. okay. Right. Right. Going through you, yes, but have no blood to cover because they don't cauterize the wound because it's oh. all plasma weapons. Plasma, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's that's still looking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's room for improvement. So yeah, we well, see how things play out with, um, with the season here, right? Right. 
And last but not least, boy, the, 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 the moment, uh, well, I don't know about the rest of y'all, what I've been waiting for, right? So it's time for our annual Academy Awards highlights slash recap, right? And uh, for those who listened to this for the first time, uh, you've been warned. Uh, they, 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 there's going to be some coarse language in this, right? So listener discretion is strongly advised. Right? But yeah, folks, so we, we're basically just going to run through you know, um, not every single thing that happened in the awards, so, but mainly the winners, and that one instant, boy, that everybody just gonna, like, the, the one takeaway from this whole event, right? So, um, just to touch on just the, 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 the show itself as a whole, um, this is yet another step down as far as, you know, the, the, the Oscars go, though. I will say, I will say, I will say, it is a smidge better, smidge better, we got last year. Last year just felt really awkward, especially with the COVID regulations and all that kind of stuff. It it, it felt more like you was watching Golden Globes than you know, more than everything else. Everybody sitting on by tables and you know just random you know presentations all that kind of stuff, right? Um, speaking of presentations, um, just that decision first of all, right, to have stuff like best editing, best original score be announced within the hour before the before the live yeah. broadcast yeah, made video. no goddamn sense right and it, made, it was even worse now because because the academy had the goal to actually re uh, what was he really looking for to represent the awards during yeah. the show and they did it like after commercial breaks now. so they would just kind of say oh you know best editing um, nominees were blah 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 and the winner is this and they just kind of say quick now no build up nothing right so you have people who showing up now and, and accepting the awards, but like them them actually here and find out the fact that they won literally like a couple hours ago. So what's the point of excluding them in the first place? You could have had them there. But the excuse is, oh well, you know, we, we, we don't want this thing to run for too long. Um and yet the shit started eight o'clock and ended like what, half eleven? That, that went thing. way too long. That, that still went, went too long. They're supposed to be saving time and it, yeah, the damn hours going longer than it should be. What the hell going on? Exactly. Like, I, I was this, expecting the this, shit to end like this, 11, eh? But this I, thing I went on to half 11 in the dog. But I'll explain this, why. But go on. No, but this this was the one of the worst awards, like, editing-wise and manage-wise. Like, it's by far one of the worst. Like, In, it's always... Agreed. agreed. It's always worse than last year, I find. Because, like, you can't be serious with... You can't be serious in terms of, like... The length of time, what you're doing, and, and where you're catering to, and why. Like, why this thing taking so long? What's going on? Anyway, whatever. Go ahead. Well, well, I, I, I will, I will tell you the, the, the cause list, right? And um, this, this will spill over to the, to the incident that we will end things off, right? Right. Now, I, I have no, I have nothing but respect for Amy Schumer, Oanda Sykes, and Regina Hall, right? I love them. I love them, right? But having them host the show, like, okay, like, having them host the show together, fine, no problem, no problem. I mean, they, they, they're funny, they bounce off each other, you saw that there, right? But their bits just ran so goddamn long, dread. like, the opening alone, like, right after we got this, this, this pretty cool, um, this pretty decent, I must say, performance by, you know, Beyonce, you know, me doing this song from, from King Richard, that was cool, that was cool. Um, right. By the way, you know, having them on a tennis court and having their, their, the, the colors of the outfits be that sort of uh, yellow, that sort of green, yellow, you know, like the color of the, the tennis ball. That was cool. That was cool. That was cool. I think Blue Ivy was there with one of the cigars, um, the, the I think it was. So right. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. But, but other than that, though, um, 
their bits just ran too long. Like, you know, like Wanda dropped some dumb joke about Pony Dog and said she watched the movie three times and she almost halfway through. And it was just all these bits, dude. All these bits, all these bits, right? Now yeah. I know I understand. I understand the nature of the of the of the Oscars. That's part of it, right? You know, you you you're having fun, you know, you 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 make a little joke about the films that being nominated, all that kind of stuff. But I felt for one thing, in this case, for this year, it just ran on for way too long. The bits that came, like every time they 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 um be, like they, they would have them individual, and every so often they have them together, right? There's some bits that just mean no sense to me. Like you had one that dressed up like King Richard, you had um you had um Regina dressed up like Tammy Fee from the eyes of Tammy Fee. You had Amy Schumer dressed like Spider-Man, and none of that was funny. None yeah. of that was funny. You had Regina bring up men like Timothy Chalamet and um, who else? Why I think Bradley Cooper and talk about oh well we need to do these these COVID tests and basically pat downs the poor girl and a patting down Josh Brolin and Jason Momoa dread. What as they came up to to, to present you know, I did watch and I was like what the hell is this yeah, shit? None of this thing work right. Yeah. And all of that is just padding is tedium is boring just little bits of it is funny here they chuckle at it you, you, you can't believe somebody make a joke like this like ah okay that, that's kind of funny dread you know but still all that didn't work for me man and at the end of the day i, I know they're not going to do this but this to me is the problem with this uh with the show to begin with boy just all this tedious jokes but you yeah. know what i mean like come present yeah you make a little joke or two cool you, you feel a little awkward when you're on stage. All right, cool. But just present. Present it and just move on, right? And that will lead to what Chris Rock do wrong, right? But yeah, uh, well, well, Ricardo, well, all right. Well, well, Ash, before you get to Ricardo, Ashton, well, uh, you, you, I know you didn't watch event at all. I know you don't give a shit about the, about the Oscars, right? <laughs> yes, as you know. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but Ricardo, see that that yesterday was was your birthday, right? Um, did you did you manage to watch watch the Oscars or you just like watch highlights or whatever? I did not. I caught everything after. Like it was at the time, I didn't waste no time watching it. I just caught ca- I caught the actual show after. I just run through to see the editing and thing, but I didn't watch it live. Uh, oh, yeah, because, okay, okay, okay. Because I thought, like, when the incident happened, I thought, like, you was like, watch this thing, though. Like, nah, you nah, know, it, it would have been interesting, like, that, like, you be you reacting to that on the night of your birthday, though. That, that would have nah, been, nah, been, I, been awesome. I, I, I wake up, like, I, would, oh, I had to do something and I had to go and sleep just as, to do some work earlier today, you know, so I had to get my sleep. But I wake up, like, about 12 or at midnight, so just to catch all the highlights or whatever it is, and then catch the show itself in rerun. Uh, yeah, it was like, okay, this happened, and I was like, all right, well, I thought it was fake, and it's still feeling fake, like, to me, so it was like, well. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that, that fake, this as well, too, right? right? Um, uh, but, but, be, but before we get to that, right, we just had a, I'll, I'll just run through, um, you know, the winners and stuff, right? right. Uh, by the way, all of the, the, the winners I have covered, um, previously on episodes of BBB Radio right. and BSB so there's a playlist link, you can check that out, so, um. Um, I'll exclude stuff like animated short, documentary short, live action short. Like I haven't seen those, right? So uh, not surprising. Best visual effects went to Dune, duh. Right. Yeah. Best sound went to Dune, duh. Right. Best production design went to Dune, duh. Right. To touch on best visual effects, right? First, first, first issue was out of time, right? So the DJ for this um this session was um D Knights, right? Actually, a really cool DJ. Actually, familiar with him, you know, his stuff and whatnot. So you know, DJ do his thing, right? D Knights, sorry, do his thing, right? But there's a moment right, where for best visual effects, right? And remember, this shit was announced before the live broadcast, right? So he came back 
basically say who won, say how these two guys or two, three guys show up, right? One guy came, I was talking, 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 right? And then as the second guy was about to open his mouth, try to say something, the nice play kick push from uh, Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> wow. He played the beat for that. Why? I was like, way. And the man like, shit, you know what I mean? Like, he just had to move away from the mic and walk away, boy. Like, how you could do the man that? Like, this is this is your rapper music. Like, like take a note of what's going on, Jen. Like, I understand. They, 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 they pressed for time. After these quotes, eh? pressed for time, right? But still, the man was going to the mic to say something. You go play kick push, shit. You know. <laughs> but anyway, right? So, so, so moving forward. That, that was so awkward. It ain't it even funny. But the kind of is to me, right? Um, best original score, Hans Zimmer, Dune, duh, right? Best editing, Dune, duh. Best cinematography, Dune, duh, right? Um, best original song. That surprised me because uh, uh, No Time to Die won. Right. Somehow. Hey, like, well. oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I, the, the, the song from Encanto could have won, but I know we're not talking about We Don't Talk About Bruno. I'll no, talk they, about they, they Bruno the, in a minute. They, they picked the wrong ones, however. They set up the yeah. wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, they, well, they submit that other song. You know? Yeah, yeah right. exactly. That's why right. they, they lost. <laughs> yeah, but No Time to Die, they were making it interesting, right? Even though it is my least favorite of the... No, it's my second least favorite of the Daniel Craig Bond songs, right? I actually did a special on that, right? Um... This actually is the third Daniel Craig Bond song to win an Oscar, though. Because the one for Skyfall and the one for um, Spectre won. Right. Yeah, that I thought that was real interesting, though. Like, I, I think this is, like, like as far as the, the Bond era, I think that this is probably won the most um, awards for songs. So, right. okay, Pro- props, all right, well done, right? Um, best makeup and hairstyling, eyes of Tammy Faye, I call that. Uh, best costume design, Cruella, like, we all knew that was going to happen. Uh, best international feature film, Drive My Car. Okay, cool, nice. Didn't really care for the film. Um, oh yeah, Ricardo, you 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 ever got around to watching Drive My Car, boy? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. No. Okay, well, 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 take your time with it. Take take your time with it, right? Uh, best animated feature film, Encanto. Duh, right? right. Um, best adapted screenplay. That was a surprise for me, boy. Um, Coda. Okay. Yeah, but but it, it is well deserved. I'll I'll give it that. But I was expecting it for um either Dune or um or Poverty Dog, right? right. Uh, best original screenplay, uh, Belfast, boy. Right. Okay. And, yeah. And not that. That's not a big surprise. No, no, no. I'm yeah. glad for Kenneth. I'm glad for Mr. Brown. I was like, hey, run up applause, man. Do your thing, right? Uh, best supporting actress, um, Ariana DeBose for for West Side Story. Right. Um, yeah. She was, well yeah. yeah, well deserved though. I loved her in this too. Um, her 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 um speech that she gave was great though. You know, being just more or less shouting out um you know the LGBTQ community, the process that was great. Yeah. Um, best supporting actor, um, Troy Kutzer for Coda. Called it. Uh, his speech, of course, which was delivered in um. ESL was 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 great, man. I, yeah, uh, right. it was really inspirational, man. Right. Well, yeah, so, so this this is probably the best joke of the night is that yeah everybody with his people everybody in this in this Oscar speak with their hands. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for real, man. For real, for real, right? Uh, best documentary went to Sum of Soul, boy. I was of so course. happy for this, right? Right. But yeah. here's the problem, right? And yeah. I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up a point. Uh, I'm gonna bring up a a, a a phrase you always see, Ricardo. Philly is having a moment, right? Yep, so, yep. <laughs> literally, before 
Questlove, before the announcement that, that Questlove won and Questlove came, he gave a great speech boy. I felt it. He was tearing up and whatnot. He was so overwhelmed with it. This was what Chris Rock was 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 presenting in her. Correct. <laughs> Chris Rock was presented that that award because if you, if you saw some of Soul, Chris yeah, Rock yeah. make a, a brief appearance in it. So right. as soon as I saw him, I was like, all right, this is best documentary, right? But then shit happened, right? And it's like you know, Questlove just coming in, knowing, seeing what happened, eh? but still feeling overwhelmed that he won. And I was like, yeah, Philly, having a minute, boy, but my yeah. God, boy, it's just looking bad right? because yeah. of what happened prior to that, right? But I'm happy for Questlove. I'm real happy. I love that movie. I'm glad it won, right? Uh, best Actress, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I call right. it. Yeah, She's the best right. thing about that movie. Um, and yeah, I would, like, again, like I said in my previous review, if there's one reason to see that movie, it is her, right? She gave a great speech and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, best director went to Gene Campion, Power of the Dog. Right. I was, I was happy for that. I was great. Yeah, not a big, not that, big right? surprise, yeah. I'll leave Best Actor for last, right? For obvious reasons. But um, for me, the big surprise, though, was Best Picture, Coda. Right. That, that actually surprised me though. Now, now I make the joke well, that you know, maybe behind the scenes, uh the academy was like, look, all that all that shit that went on, Jed, we have to kinda end this night off like, you know, about love there's about love. So let me just find the least threatening film in our list here. <laughs> and let's let me let me pick Coda, right? Now I would admit I was disappointed that that won, right? I was really rooting for Power of the Dog to win. Okay. But I will give credit where credit is due. Um, you know, Coda winning is a big deal because um Apple TV, like that's how right. Apple TV that's that's gonna put them right up there, you know. Apple TV beat Netflix to to yes. for the first time to, to first streamer. Like, oh yeah. wow. And and actually won more awards at friggin' Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog won one. Yeah. Um, Coda won three. Like, look at that. Huh? Look at that. You know what I mean? So yeah, that is a big win for Apple TV, man. Um, and I, I do it. I did enjoy the film, eh? but I just didn't think that it was um Oscar winning material, right? But apparently the Academy taught wrong, and uh, uh, you know what I mean. But um, I do hope that more people do do check it out. Uh, well, I don't. No, yeah, well, Coda, Coda is the is is one of those movies that um do offend nobody is not yeah, it, it's one's seen. favorite. Yeah. It's not anyone's favorite, but at the same time, is almost everyone's number two, or right? It's that type of movie, right? The safe choice. So it is the one. It's not. I'm not. I'm not surprised that he win. I'm really not surprised. Yeah, but but did you did you see it? No, I still haven't seen this yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Like the way how I, how I look at best picture stuff. You'll you'll get the best actor in a minute, right? Is five, ten, fifteen years from now, am I going to remember this film? Can I look at this film at that at that point in time and be like, is, is yes, it, this is, is a is masterpiece. It, yes. And is it not a is it not a gimmick like say the artist or something like that, right? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. you know what I mean, like, right. like stuff like that, right? Um, like like anybody remember Spotlight? Remember when Spotlight won? You know, right. That scene that Spotlight isn't greater, but like compared to stuff like Moonlight, for example, which which exactly. one? Um, I believe a year before that, I will remember Moonlight. That was one of my top ten favorite movies of the past decade. But Spotlight, I wouldn't remember that to be honest, right? Even though it's a great film, nonetheless, right? And I feel that way, honestly, about Coda, right? But I only saw the film once, so maybe if I watch it again and, you know, I really, like, get in more into the feel-goodness of the show, I'd be like, yeah, show, show, it's great, man, well-deserved. But for me, I still would have picked um, Poverty Dog, man, you know? But um, I'm just glad that um, <laughs> Don't Look Up and Win Nothing. Yeah. I'm just glad that that shit, haha, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but Licorice Pizza, so be- like... Like I, right. I, like, well, I, I thought Licorice would have got best original screenplay, but uh, right, I it, thought it so didn't. too. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not that surprised for for, the, for who won it. But uh, I, I even thought that Paul Thomason could have probably get get the director. Even that, I ain't sure. 
Um, but yeah, uh, could 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 could. And um, right. well, well, Nightmare Ali didn't get right. anything, but um, and, and of course, you know, Tragic Mabet. I mean, at, it, it, in 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 the grand scheme of things, Denzel really could have won. Well, what yep. I'm gonna get into. He still right. delivered the best performance here. I would say Benedict cover, uh, you know, a, a close second, but Denzel should have won that though. But um, instead, despite of the shit that went down, um, Will Smith won. Right. Will Smith won best actor, right? And here's the thing, right? Well, well, you know, um, Ashley, you can chime in when you're ready, right? Uh, this, this, like, he has been trying for twenty years to win this. Sir. Remember, he got nominated for for Ali back in uh, two thousand two. Eh? Right, and he didn't you, win for that, which right? He, which he reprises the role for. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I make the joke on Facebook. Ali Boumaye, right. <laughs> the second he won. But yeah, boy. Um, and despite what happened, though, I did feel the emotion that he had on stage because similar to the Saga Awards, he was teared up. He was really emotional. You know what I mean? But um, he 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 did kind of apologize, but he apologized more to the Academy for what he do. He didn't apologize at all to, you know, who I'm going to get into in a bit, right? But uh, I like that near the end, he says all the, along the lines of, I do hope that I get invited to the next Oscars, you know, despite what happened, right? But uh, it, was, it was emotional, it was, it was heartfelt. It felt like it was a long journey and he finally made it as well. Um, and he was shouted out, you know, um, the, 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 the Williams as well too, the Williams family. I really appreciate that as well too. And of course, the um, his supporting, you know, his, uh, well, the, the actress who played his wife and the, the two who played um, his, you know, Serena and Venus. He was shouting them out as well too. So I felt it. I I, I felt it. But I, I, I know that he was just like emotionally all over the place because of what went down, right? And now to get to what went down by. So uh, Chris Rock, right? You know, I'll, I'll just I'll just do the intro and y'all come in and share all the thoughts, right? So Chris Rock came in now to 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 do best documentary, right? And Chris Rock being you know being being the um being the comedian that he is, you know, had to take cheap shots, right? So he take a little shot at um at Javier Bardem and you know um uh what's the face uh well his wife basically, right? Um, you know, for 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 being nominated in different categories, and oh well, if one win, you know the other person just suffer something along that line, right? So sticking with with power couples now, he see Will Smith and Jada, right? And he's like, yeah, 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 you know, you you had to beat Will though, you know, you know something along that line, right? They look at Jada now and say, you know, we, uh, you know, hey Jada, how are you doing? Uh, looking forward to to GIG too, right? And that's a job basically because right. you know she's ball headed, right? You know because right, right. she has this alopecia, alopecia, that's what it is, yeah. alopecia, alopecia. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, which is this hair loss condition, right? Now, the thing that catch me, right, is when he when he dropped that liner, you hear some groans in the audience, now. Right. But I didn't kind of chuckle at it because like, oh, G.I. Jane, okay, but when right. he cut yeah. to when he cut to um to Jada, it's like, oh, okay, because she bald headed. It's like, right, all right. right, yeah. But I saw Will I, I, was I, I smiling. Thought, I, thought, I thought the joke they would make is is Dora Malachi or something like that. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, what, what, you know, I want to make that work too because right next to Will was Lupita Nyong'o. Exactly. I'm talking right. about Lupita Nyong'o, exactly. right? Right. Yeah. So I see Will like laugh, like chocolate, eh? chewy teeth. I see Jada not having any of, um, not having anything to do with it, right? And then, like, it cut back to, um, it, it, it cut back, it cut, it cut back. Sorry to, um, to Chris, right? And then he he going on and thing. It's like, oh, it's just a joke, right? And there's like, oh, well, you know what I mean? And then they do the why way see Will walk up to him, right? And like this is where we can talk about whether it's all fake or not, right? But I like I see 
Chris kind of leaned forward, right? Like leaned forward, like almost like he waited for a punch. Eh? But I don't know, like maybe he probably read it as, oh, he going to whisper in the man here, right? Or something like that. Yeah. I don't know how he would think that, the way how, how Will was walking quickly towards him, right? But Will just walk, and it's all like a punch. This guy here, blow, right? But when you watch it again, it's really a slap. Eh? The well, man has his mic. Oh. He hit the mic, however. Right, he hit the mic. See, so that right? Mm-hmm. And then walk back. Now, when I watch it on ABC, now they cut the audio, right? But you know, if you if you go online, you'll find versions where you actually hear him like swear, right? So you sit back down. It's like uh, you don't put my wife's name in your in mouth, right? And you see that louder. Yeah. I remember like just censor it, right? They just cut the audio. But when it cut back to Will, you like I was just doing some lip reading. I, I make out what he was saying, Shred. Right. No lie to all yeah? I watched this thing live. Eh? I was shocked. Us. I couldn't believe what I saw. I at first I thought it was a it was a gimmick. But I was like, nah, 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 nah. Not for something like that, Shred. Like Will wouldn't actually get off the stage and do something like that. He would have probably like stay and you know, like like throw shade at him from where he was sitting or something like that. But he would not get up and do what he do, Chet. So I knew there was something real here. And it was Chris's reaction afterwards, like, whoa, I I, I just got slapped by 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 Will. Whoa. Now that's just quickly to touch on reactions, right? Now is is really Lupita's reaction to to everything where like like when Will was like cussing and she just sitting down there by this is shot like she just kinda watched her like wow, but like she, like slow your rule, you know what I mean? But it's how Chris kind of had to maintain his composure and be professional about it, right? But, you know, we, we'll, talk, we'll talk further about it later, right? But I'll just say one quick thing and then you all can chime in, right? Um, this to me is the reason why they just need to cut these jokes out of the presentations. There's no need for them right now. It's just an excuse for everybody to just come and poke, you know, poke at everybody else, shit. I mean, at the end of the day, look, the ones who say now, they, okay, fine, you can laugh at them, you can make fun, okay, it's all in good um, fun and whatnot. But they started in movies that they get nominated for. You didn't start in anything. You're here to present an award. Right? That's all you're here for. You're not here to throw shade at anybody. Even if it's meant to be a joke. And in hindsight, it's really a dumb joker. I mean, G.I. Jane 2, like, come on, really, right? Yeah, so but it's, still, it's, it's, not, it's such a weak joke. Yeah, but still, <sighs> just, just to stop here, cut the jokes, present the award, right? That's what he should have done. And, me, and here's the thing, like, he was in the background. Eh? He, it's not like he knows C.J. and then... You know, like, oh my god, she's bald. Like, no, you backstage, you seeing the camera cut into people all the time. They were cut into them to, to Will and Gino all the time. You saw the ball, right? No, somebody did they, they, they write the joke, they deliberately write a joke like that on the present on the they call it the, the teleprompter. So it's like, all right. Oh, it was? It was yeah, that's like cool. a written joke. Or that, that was, oh, or, that was, was off that was off the cuff. Okay, well, yeah, that was off the cuff. He said that he doesn't come up with that bullshit. Yeah, all that stuff that you see with Harvey and, and um. Okay, I know it's all that. Yeah, all that was off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, well, that, um, you should cut that bullshit. Don't yeah, yeah, Harvey and Penelope Cruz. That that's that's okay. that's the that's the actress I think about, right? But all right, that was on the flight. You saying that? You saying that right now? Yet the Oscars put out a tweet saying that writers wrote that joke for them. Okay, that what I was saying. I know you I read that somewhere. Serious? Yeah, yeah so they're right. Like, that's conflicting there yeah, because. The Oscars thought that Twitter wrote it. Right, that was so, it. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, 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 yeah, they, they, they write right. joke ahead of time. <laughs> All right. So, 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 in general, folks, before we get to your thoughts, right? In general, whether it was written, whether it's off the cuff, cut that out. You're complaining yeah. about time. That's my problem. Stretching things All out this goddamn time. Longer. 
all Cut the jokes and, and get it, to the it, So I don't, I don't gonna get into the the, the 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 sludge of the nonsense discourse about you know black women's honor versus who should tell a joke and right, all that right. is just is just childish nonsense. I had no time for that because really it's just horrible fucking management of the party officers. So was a time who should do, be doing what and why. And it's like, wait, they didn't know Will Smith was going to do something like this or get up at all. Like, that, that why I still think it feel fake. Because, like, he, he get up and he hit him and he just stand up and take it. But, like, you know, when you get hit, you would uh, rock back a little bit if you hit him hard enough. Like, the slap yeah. looked like, you know what the slap looked like? You remember when, when Will Smith slapped that fella in um, Hitch? It looked like that. Oh, like, bro, <laughs> yeah. Bro, there's a simple reason for that, you know. It's probably because Will Smith slaps like a bitch. Yeah, whatever. It's right. Like, take it and film it straight up. Exactly. Whatever. I it, it just feels dumb. Like the whole thing feels real fake as hell. But people say it real, apparently real. It you know it's one of those slap in the face, like you know when they take off your glove, you know, the other defender on no, no, that bullshit though. You know, is 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 um the last duel though. Right? Yeah. Like, my my way thing is like, like Chris Rock from 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 New York, Jill, you supposed to be scrapping with this guy afterwards or something like that. Or you would have you would have at least like you know cuss him out or something like dude, what the hell, right? Yeah, it's Chris yeah. Rock, you know, you he, have, think, you you know, he will, he will, he will express his anger, right? But he was just like, wow, like, he, I just got slapped. Like, wow, that's a great, right. that's a, that's a great moment in television, right? I, never, but yeah, I could tell they, he was shocked, huh? Yeah. You so could tell he was shocked. I did, again, all these, again, look, I, I, I just, as we kind of parted, but at the same time, it, it is so stupid, I don't like, turn off. So, so, People complaining how well we didn't see Denzel Washington give Sam Jackson an honorary discourse, but we saw two black men <laughs> slapping each other online. I was like, stop <laughs> it, go away. Stop um, it, stop it, stop and it. And then yeah. well, apparently Denzel was off camera with Tyler Perry telling Will Smith a cool dog, and uh, I don't really care about none of it. Uh, interesting. No, no. Okay, so last point, and we can move on. Interesting fallout. Um, so I hear some scuttlebutt about he might lose the Oscar, he could rescind the Oscar for him because of his actions as a possibility. Yeah, probably not. Um, well, that, that that's that's really interesting because I like I I legit thought like you know on the night itself that you know the, yeah. the academy would have just back you know backpedal be like all right well you see what we'll do okay we'll 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 give it to Denzel or Ben the color match itself yeah. or they were like nah we we gonna give it to to to, to Will still, that's part of the plan, right no but I mean the vote the vote done in long time it's not like you change the vote at lead stage so I no control over that um but the thing is. Like if you if you rescinded it, like you know, rescind it to, to all of them psychos who's these rapists or whatever it is who have Oscars, right? Whatever. And then, like yeah. I think I think Mira Ferro had to say something about it, like Mira Ferro write article. Mira Ferro was Wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you take a seat. <laughs> a little nonsense that going on. It is very silly. Like it is shockingly silly. But yeah. here's the sad part. I would have never be talking about the Oscars if it wasn't for that shit. Because I, if, I if, this, know, right? if this bullshit didn't happen. If this bullshit didn't happen, we'd be like, okay, well, what's going on anyway? Because, you know, you real push up yourself and you real hype up yourself and you real move up yourself. You know, it's that. That's how it is. You just hype up yourself to get it, you get through. And I'm like, you know, that's a shit I get it anyway, but whatever, move it on. Uh, this is really stupid and I hate it. It, it, it is, it is, yeah. it is. Eh? But um, Ashton, you know, because, you know, you've been quiet. Um, yeah, I, I know you, you, you will lead to this dance here, but uh, yeah, yeah. Any, any thoughts on, you know, the, the, the Will Smith v... Chris, Chris Rock. Yo, Will Smith, Will Smith is Ash. a bitch, right? <laughs> I'll say that. I don't care what nobody else thinks. Um, and anybody else who thinks that Chris Rock was wrong to say the joke, I really think your skin too, your skin is too thin. You understand? Because at the end of the day, for years and years, comedians who have posted any event show, they make jokes. Whether they write the jokes, whether the jokes are written for them by the staff of the 
production itself, whatever. The jokes are part of stretching out the quote-unquote entertainment, which none of these things are entertaining. And none of these award shows, none of them are entertaining. But just to stretch it out a little bit more, to give you a little bit, I think Will Smith mad disrespectful, right? To get up out of his chair, to walk up to Chris Rock, who is a legend compared to him. He's not no legend like Chris Rock. And then strike Chris Rock in his face. I think that's madness. I think it's also mad that after he slapped this man in his face, that he was able to go and pick up his award, right? Which furthers my point that that all these award shows and things, they have their dysfunctions, but I can't put no stock in it, right, personally. And I'm so happy I didn't watch it and was just awoken this morning by a bunch of memes about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And I think in here to myself, I was like, why would Will Smith ever slap Chris Rock? That makes no sense, right? So people coming up with... Oh, this is this has to be the dumbest theory I've heard, and I would like you guys to let me know after I tell you. Here's the theory. Demi Moore, who acted in G.I. Jane 1, or G.I. Jane, there was no one, but G.I. Jane cheated on her husband at the time with Ashton Kutcher, who was younger than her. And people are saying that the joke was that Jada cheated on Will with August. And that's why he called her G.I. Jane 2. Let me tell you something. Um, to go from G.I. Jane 2 to, to Demi Moore to Ashton Kutcher, your brain had to be processing at such high capacity that you overlook ballhead, you know? Yeah, that's all it is. Just, that, that, that's facts. That's facts. Yeah, yeah. So, just, yeah, just so everybody, everybody I mean, with intent, so that's just forget, forget that rubbish and stop talking about it because you make yourself sound like an idiot. That like oh, they process that information so quick. To go from G.I. Jane 2 to Demi Moore to Ashton Kutcher to cheating? No, that is impossible. I let you know. I didn't, I didn't, to me, it was just That was it. The yellow picture was the joke. That was it. Yeah, that, that, that's the joke, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah so big man, you, you, slap a man, you slap a man because a man say a wife bald head, which clearly she is bald head. Whether or not there's alopecia, it's like she I can't say, you know. You know? It's like he's hey, hey, oh, yeah, your wife have a bald head because of chemotherapy. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Right, exactly. No, 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 no. Is that, like, right? that like the Wendy Williams method man thing, right? Like, we you know about that, that story. Oh, it's that, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Now, now, here's the thing, right? Now, the, the, the excuse, though, is how emotional, um, you know, um, Will is, right? So, in, in, in his speech, though, he talked about how he will protect, you know, his, his on-screen wife. He will protect his on-screen daughters, right? You know, just the idea of protection and all that kind of stuff, right? Now, no, that, listen, there's there, there's an emotional strain of this I kind of understand. Like, it, it's this whole honor culture, honoring, you know, plenty. Again, it's black women, a lot of black mm-hmm. women, you know, just get disrespected. Nobody defend them. I kind of get it, but, like, it's it, it still, stop it. Like, for some reason, right. it, it don't work. Bro, then, then messages yeah. for him to say that probably coming from his PR person immediately as he slapped him. He's like, right. yo, just say, just say you're a protector. Just say right, protecting right. you. Right. feel like, blah, 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 blah. No, right. Because the, the, big, the big sticking point, too, is, is that she wasn't happy with it. And he laughed now. So you like, well, I had to do something about this. Stuff. That's like, what I was like, going to bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's basically yeah, what He up. laughed, but she wasn't, she wasn't laughing at all. She was, hey. he was, she had nothing, she, she was having nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, so exactly. I don't know. Like, remember the, the, the camera just cut back to, to Chris, right? So yeah. I don't know. In that split second, he just glanced at Jada, probably see a tear running on she, um, she face. And he just flip out, went to the Hulk mode, walk up and do the slap. No, he's just a submissive cuck and was probably scared that when he got home, she'd beat him. 
That's what. I ain't no all that, dude. That, that's, that's what. That's what. He's probably scared he's going to get licks from Jada for not acting. He's a punk. Will Smith is a punk. And as of recent, he's always been proving himself to be a punk. I go back to Will Smith's category of movies. There's nothing really great or outstanding. That's so it's like, bad boys. it's like a big, <laughs> you know, a big artist, a big theatrical artist is being, you know, being lost to me. So I think he's a punk. You understand? And um, yeah. furthermore, like, who are you, bro? Who are you? If 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 Ricky Gervais could have done an award show and left there alive after the things he said, you think it's okay for you to slap Chris Brown for a small joke of a private matter or alopecia? Like, who, you feel Chris Rock sitting at home doing research on, on you and your wife to find out about alopecia? You want to slap Chris Rock in his face, but you want to let August, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, Asana, I think his name is. Yeah. Asina, whatever. Asina, I think yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, but you no, let, he, he's, August, he's, he's an, an RB artist, um, yeah, artist who, who revealed that he was um, he was sleeping with Jida after, you know, right. she right. and okay. Will. That, that couldn't spoil you want to slap a man in his face, but Chris Rock saying that G.I. Jane too, that, that is what drive, drive it to action. Right. But next man sleeping with your wife knowingly to you, you cool with that? Yes, a missive cock. I rest my case. All right, so so I I totally understand where you're coming from, right? So this this is not gonna be a whole critique into into Will, right? Because we're gonna wrap up, right? But yeah, Will Will has always been you know a person that I I respect as you know as a as an artist, right? Whether it's acting or rapping or whatever, right? Right now, ironically, I'm, I'm actually like reading his um his his biography that he dropped last year, right? Called Will, right? Um, so you know, go, going back to that book now is going to be really challenging for me. <laughs> See what I saw last night, boy. I, I don't even know if I can finish the book, right? But whatever, right? Yo, my, my boy in China was saying the same exact thing. He put it up, he's like, Yo, I started reading this book, it's all about peace and humility and, and all these kind of good vibrations. And he's like, Bro, you slapped Chris Rock in his face last night. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that the book is going to be an even more interesting read for you now, it's going to be enhanced. You know, it, it might be a number one bestseller again, but you know what I mean? But, but yeah, but, but um, the point is, like, even on the book at all, he confesses, you know, he admits he's a flawed individual, right? He's not perfect. You know, the, the stuff that he does on screen, you know, it, it's all a veneer and all that, you know? He, like, he always feels like he has to entertain people, you know what I mean, in, in a way to kind of feel safe in his own zone, right? Like, like, he feels like he needs to make the world a better place. Just paraphrasing here, through his art, basically, right? You know, to, to prevent the bad things from happening, right? So that's what pick up on the whole i'll protect this person i'll protect that person but he wasn't yeah. really talking about his family his family he's talking about his on-screen family in in king richard which i thought was really interesting right uh the moment where he says love this make you do crazy things i know that's that's something that people are going to be over analyzing and, and criticizing him for right. you know because yeah this, despite all that dread like i would say right off the bat there was no reason for you to do what you do uh what he did dread. um yeah. Chris Rock is no stranger to the Oscars. He's been doing this for years. He actually hosted the awards and did the same thing, right? Yeah. But, like, again, I still feel that it was just off the cuff because the way how he delivered it, it just felt like, hey, Jada, right. blah, 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 blah. Like, right. how it is, right? But, again, like, you just see your wife react a kind of way and your, it's, your, your, your instinct is just, boom, go in and do that, right? And I don't want to go as far as saying because... You know, you've worked so hard, 20 years. You've worked for this this one moment to win your first Oscar. And here comes Chris Rock, who hasn't won anything to get in your way. Dude, forget Chris Rock. 
He yeah, hasn't started there. As I say, that, that's Oscar worthy. As I say, no, but I say, as I say, I still think this thing, this, this thing fake. Sorry, it it just it's just a hype show. They needed a big thing, like much like when Moonlight or they went on fuck up with Moonlight and nobody ever talking about it. Right. So, true. 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 Yeah. But but but, but the reason I disagree but, with that is because if it was to I, draw I disagree too. But, show, but what? You, what? you would have let you would have led with Chris Rock getting slapped. No, you had to make it. No, what's in? What's in? You had to make it look as real as possible. That you will take. Like you can't make it look obviously fake. I don't know. Like it happened. Matthew, Matthew, what time? What time in the show did that happen? The first, the second, the third quarter. When did that happen in the show? That that happened in like the the the. I would say. Yeah. Uh, roughly between, like I would say, like around half ten. Because you think Saturday eight o'clock, I would say half ten it happened. So there was literally. Yeah, right, right, right. Near to the end, when it got to the major stuff, the best actress, right. best actor, best director stuff, right? It was around that, that, that peak. Yeah. Yeah. But this is this is what I'm saying. It couldn't be set up to draw eyes in because if you yeah, want to draw eyes into the show, you're gonna start your controversy earlier down the road. Now. Oh, you know, it's the opposite. You, 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 you the show going on. You know, people going on, and they, you had this big, big thing, and everybody could jump on right when they would have jump off. Is the opposite. Right. That's all I but, um Oh yeah, so I forgot to mention too. You know, we 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 need to talk about Bruno though. This 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 shows this this ceremony this particular year was so dread, right? So no, you know, uh, we we don't talk about Bruno wasn't wasn't submitted, right? But you know, the fans of the show, the fans of Encanto, was like, why it wasn't nominated for? So the, the people in the Academy say, you know what? Let me just have let me just have a performance of of the right. song, right? Right. And let's bring in Megan the Stallion to do a rap for it, right? Yeah, I love Megan. Bad. I love yeah. Megan, yeah. But, that but oh gosh, that was so awkward. Yeah, Even here, terrible. the ah, and then she does the end. That was yeah. so terrible. awkward, right? Like I don't, I don't understand the logic of that. Like that don't make no goddamn sense. Like, dude, like, look, I know Lin Manuel Miranda sick or whatever. It is or you white sick or something. So, but still though, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why make it this alien? It's such a weird call. Whatever. I thought yeah, this was, it, it was. Anyway, last point because I tired of this bullshit and I, I kind of wanna <laughs> like. Move no, on. no, yeah, we 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 gonna wrap up here. But, yeah, uh, uh, we, we're gonna wrap. yeah, there's I I just thought this was like probably the worst manager Oscars in a while, like in a hot minute. Um, the, the in memoriam, I heard that was pretty bad. Like I I, I didn't watch that part. I was just you know scrolling. Oh, he, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sorry, the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right, uh, this this came in right after Questlove won, right? So everybody still like the 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 the, the poor still raise over what happened with Will and, and, and Chris, right? So when they dropped this thing, right? We watched this thing, but we still in the back of my mind. We Google it, we look it up online, see what happened, you know, what what, what Gina suffered from all that kind of stuff, right? So while everything going on, you have people just kind of showing up, talking in between sections, yes, performing sir. in between sections, and it just looks so sloppy. Yes, I legit didn't care. I forget to mention too, even even before that, they had a a, a, a tribute, a fiftieth anniversary tribute to the godfather they had uh, uh hear this right so they had diddy show up right and diddy talk about all right yo so so after this uh, in the after party we could cool this door right so he he presented it right um so right after they they they, they do the little you know uh montage for the for the show right for for the godfather right they had francis ford coppola al pacino and robert de niro show up you know only francis talk yeah. I did like, but I'll write wait, next wait, year. Right Robert, next right next year. See something, but wait, it's time, folks. We have to wrap up. It's Al Pacino, dog. It's Robert De Niro. Anyway, but yeah, moving on. But yeah, R R Ricardo, 
I'll straight away. But yeah, Ricardo, last words, and yeah, I'll, I'll share my own, and then we we'll move on. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's look, it's as I said, nobody would be watching this if it wasn't for this. Like, look, the Oscars in a weird space, and the, the, the shameful part of the Oscars is that look, you know, all you have to do, the Oscars always had a problem of being too quote unquote elitist. Get appeal to a mass thing. But they, they, they're making all the wrong decisions because there's such a fucking old people still making decisions. Like, dude, you just have to appeal to film culture. That's all you have to do. Film culture, best of film culture, cater to that, and you move on. The, that's another problem with the Oscars, and they like it's emblematic with Will Smith's win itself. It's too, too much money and all kind of thing. And the sad part is that motherfucker is the one who kind of caused this, right? We call him Miramaxner. Um, oh, 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 yeah, uh, Mr. Yeah, Weinstein, right? Yeah, he's the main reason why this is the, the way it is because of his behavior and, and everybody copied that and, and it follows suit now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just an unfortunate shame that we just get just have a sort of popularity nonsense and a sort of they had to use all, they had to use all these weird hype scenarios to just to get people to watch now. And yeah, it really is really a almost dying franchise that for no good reason because you could, it could, you could still save it, you know, it's still a lot of film fans for it to, to keep, keep on point. Um, oh, last point is that they oh, shit, the, the whole Justice League thing. What the hell? Like, yeah. So, 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 in order to attract viewers, uh, folks, for those who don't know, right, they had something called, you know, the, the you know, fan, um, sorry, most memorable moments in movie right. history, right? Number five was, of course, the Matrix bullet time scene, right? So, we did right. take in, I did take it like, all right, well, it got to be like popular, you know, pop culture right. moments. Like, maybe you might see, you know, the, the Indiana Jones stuff from Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Number right. one is the Flash run into the Speed Force, bro. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, that is, and, and then, they had, the old, then they had another one, you know, fan favorite movie of 2021. Number one was Army of the Dead. Yeah, I, that, I was done at that, that point. Is, that I was is what done. that's what you call people <laughs> gaming the goddamn that is that's Boaty McBoatface. That is that, right? That is that is people clearly gaming the goddamn take all these Snyder fans. Like, dude, you're serious. That they, they, they're close to that shit, dog. <laughs> like, no, no, no sweat. Yeah, boy. There was Moving no on. point to that at all, right? Yeah, so my last word, and then we'll, we'll leave it to action to close things off, right? So with all that that happened there, boy, yeah, this is easily one of the worst Oscar ceremonies we've ever had. Um, I think from I think it's from last year, yeah, before I started rating these. So rating wise, I can get this at two out of five. I want my yeah, money I back, I want my time back. Yeah. Uh, I would actually go with a one and a half out of five just because of that shit that went down with uh, with Will and and, and Chris Way. Um, and and on the subject of that, whether that was fake or whether whether that was staged or you know pre-planned or whatnot, I still think it was real. I still think that it spontaneously happened. And whatnot um it was in portis on both on both artists ends though but again it just shows the problem with the show jet for one thing stretching the, the show out with these dumb awful jokes that just go yeah. nowhere I, I mean yes okay we're all having fun haha man they come about Charles laugh at him haha because he signed a show that was two hours i only got you halfway haha that's a joke mm. right yeah so why you get nominated for shit right whatever moving on right yeah all i was in portis um I pretty much called every every win here except right. for except for best uh, original song and right. best picture and I, I'm gonna say something that's gonna be really controversial. All that that you said um, uh, with you know it, it terms of just these these old farts basically running the show here, I feel is the reason why something like Coda wintered because right. it's just the safest show safest, out yeah. of every everything here uh everything that we got here Tread. i would have lived if, well, if, if the Oscars... side story won um, right last, last you know point. even the if Oscars... it's some, like some challenging like drive my car or something like that right but 
but you went with the safest option, Jed, and that yeah, to me, that to me, really sums up the problem with just just the problem of uh with with the Oscars right now, Jed. Yeah, this is the last point about the Oscars, right? So the the problem with the Oscars is have too many people who didn't do work in the recent years and still getting to vote. Like it have way too many people like that. So he recently died, but he had a vote in the Oscars. That is Meatloaf. Meatloaf, what right. is Meatloaf doing in like twenty or whatever it is? Like it have a bunch of people who shouldn't be voting. And my thing is that it have a, a, a quick, simple fix to this. If you haven't done a film, you know, in the framework of the Oscar voting conceit in the last ten years, you should be out. Sorry, and it are real men who establish all, all established people who should be out unless you're an Oscar winner. Unless you're a past Oscar winner, then fine. But yeah. to me, everything else is bullshit. Right? Yeah. And, and to me, in terms of the past Oscar winner stuff, that should be 20 years. Right? Just, right. They had to trim, trim the hedges with this man. Trim all the Agreed. dead branches. And, and yeah, because it had way too much. They had to get new blood. That way too much yeah. people in it. And just, they just day and they're not doing anything. And they're not. And there's, there's a big kind of open secret too. A lot of people don't watch movies. Who's vote? And they voted. Yes, yes, yes. And you usually find out that after, um, that usually like a few days before the ceremony, there'll be some article that come and say, yeah, I thought this show is actually boring. I think that, that show is trash, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah right. And uh, watch look, yeah. I, like somebody somebody on, online get in trouble for that the other day because he, he say he don't watch it and he don't finish watching it. Like, look. Oh, yes, yes. I saw yeah, that on uh, right. YMS. Yeah, he right. got into hot water with that. Like, right. And, I like, and, look, and seeing the video, I was like, yeah, I understand, Because he just like seeing... I just watched 50 minutes and I thought it was boring. Two out of ten. Bye. Right. That's yeah, what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Look, I get the, the logic, but here's the problem. People like he's a damn hipster and he clearly have influence. So, like, either shut the fuck up about it or, you know, do a proper review now. He's Thank some, you. Like, that's the problem he, he with people make, like him now. That's the thing. He made the decision to cover to, to talk about all it. the nominees, you know. Thank you. Yeah, if he makes Nobody decision to talk about it, Nobody tell you to do that, bro. Nobody tell you to do that. You don't have time. I think this is a goddamn job. It's like, sorry, there's the one thing you have to do. making money off of this. I'm not making money off of, off of what I do, especially yeah. with this video. This is a guy making money for me. Yeah, but he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one point is yeah. that it have too much of people who have no skin in the game involved. That's why, that's why I feel this stuff is turned out the way it is. That's why somebody decide to make connect Megan the Salenta in Canto because they're too popular, right? They're too goddamn popular. So let's just put them in the same thing. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, whatever, moving on. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and last thing I'll say, though, um, with all that being said, though, I mean, props to everyone who won, whether they were behind the scenes or in front of the camera. I mean, you know, props to everyone, right? Even Will, you know what I mean, with his win. Because, again, 20 right. years it took for the man to win, right? Despite the shenanigans that surround it. Um, and you know all the all the darkness that will that will over that will overshadow it going forward. Um, finally, he win an Oscar, right? Finally, right? Okay. Now, I, mean, I don't that, know if you're going to follow the the um, the the Nicholas Cage and Cuba Gooding Jr. part where right. after he win that big Oscar, he's going to star in Train Rex afterwards because he starred in Train Rex before, right, and exactly. I know he's going to continue to sign in Train no, Rex. But not, um, talk about a downward spiral. I hope we don't get that with him, eh? No, he's not. Um, he, the thing is, he's not as dumb bad as Leonardo DiCaprio for the Oscar, right? He, he, he like, he clearly he did, he desperate, but he wasn't super desperate. So it's like, eh, whatever. He gave Oscar finally, like, he could shut up. He could shut up now, like, move it on. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. He could just yeah. shut up now. Right, you know, I mean, not, not, not aim for for Oscars anymore. Just, just, just continue to 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 live your life and do your career, Dred. But kind of, kind of stay away from the Oscars, Dred, because uh. Yeah, you know, be there'll be a million memes that will that will that will remind him why he should kind of stay clear out of this shit, right? 
And that's my last thoughts, right? Uh, Ashton, to close things off as somebody who just don't care about the awards. Yeah, just just final thoughts on the situation. Um, well, just the, the, the Oscars in general and, of course, with Will and, and Chris. The Oscars are antiquated system run by a bunch of dinosaurs. They are a mockery of everything that's good in cinema. They get it right maybe 10% of the time. Will Smith, I think you disgrace yourself more than anything in my eyes. You let me down because uh, this is my biggest problem with Will Smith. The biggest problem is that he let me down. Will Smith's supposed to be known as this patient, understanding, talk through it, work through it type of character if you read his book, right? What he did there proved to me that he is just as fake and as much of a lie as everybody else has ever out there. I think most of my hatred for the Oscars comes from the solution of Will Smith. And I believe that other fans may feel the same or may not feel the same, but it would be something that could be considered a driving force. Because these type of actors and these Will Smiths and your Chris Rocks, they are pretty much the type of actors. Once you're like one, it's a it's like a bag, it's like a circle of actors that you're gonna like all these other type of actors because you like this one type, you know? You like to see funny, strong black comedic characters out there. And um, characters that uh, actors that have range, which they both do. But Will Smith, to me, you're a real disappointment. You're a real Madon. I can't believe you put your hand on a legend. Um, yeah, uh, your disappointment is a disappointment. I feel like that's the best. I don't want to say anything more disparaging than is a disappointment because I feel like that's what I could say on Gary Woods. But yeah. Yeah. Great, well, hell, hell of a way to end things off, boy. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it, though, nonetheless, man. So, um, yeah, uh, let's can't, can't wait to see what we get next with the, the 95th Academy Awards, boy. Woo, can't wait, boy. Yeah. So, with all that being said, uh, Ashton, where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram at AshZ's. Yeah, that's it. A-S-H-Z-I-E-S is my personal Instagram, but I mean, you can hop on by, say what up. You can find me on YouTube, uh, The Unquestionable Nerds. That's the name of the channel, all one word, all words capitalized. Um, and you could also find me right here on BBMB Radio, my friends. Like and subscribe, it's free. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Ricardo, where can people find you online? Ah, but R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter, and then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. All right, and if you would like to see all of the of the Oscar posts that I made last night, uh, you know, you could go on my Twitter and you could go on my Facebook, right? Those are in the link tree link that you'll see in the description to this uh, podcast here, along with my YouTube and Instagram, of course. Um, and on the YouTube and Facebook, you will find excerpts from uh, this episode, along with other episodes of BBB Radio, Retrospect Reviews, and BS Beaton Bailey. Uh, stuff to look forward to quickly before we go. Um, Bellia season one by um should be wrapping up this week. It is recording here. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh I only yeah, I have to catch up on it. I only I stopped at episode five. Uh really, really enjoying it just um so far, man. So I really right. hope that they stick the landing um here, right? If if it is that we actually get any the finale this week, right? right. Uh Moon Knight, we're getting the, the series premiere um this right. week too. Right. Yeah, excited for that. Excited for that. Um what I'm not excited for in closing, uh Morbius. <laughs> right, well, you are watching. You are watching. I probably gonna skip that. 
me, I, I, I want to rewatch the Batman Jordan in, in theaters before before hit the HBO Max. I, I don't know if I want to see Mobius, but I, I get burned with Venom 2 Jordan. I get burned, I get burned with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you listen, this, this was Matthew Bailey and Ashton Menzies. Thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. Take it easy, guys. Ricardo, as always, thanks again for coming through. No problem. And this has been another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.